there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war, fighting versus big blocks, like were we the bad guys? Were we the ones that went listening? Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization. Come on, you gotta come stronger than that, you know, like. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 95, Cash Ninjas and NFT Art, featuring Itachu today, and also special guest Josh Elithorb, who has called in completely unannounced, but love love to have him on the show. Today is Friday, the 13th of October, 2023, and I am just coming off a fresh 2-1 loss to Callisti again in the Zerg v Zerg with the a fifth of gaming uh, bracket challenge we had going there. I won a game against G-Benz 2-0. B-Chad got knocked out on the other side of the bracket. Get good, you know, scrub. And Callisti uh, has been crushing it, but he'll be in the he'll be in the finals, and we're going to have to play that out some other time. But it's been it's been good actually uh, for everybody who listened to the last episode. A fifth of gaming, the wheels are starting to run smoother and smoother team's working hard on that so i'm actually looking forward to that kicking the hell off but if you're good at starcraft you've got to come take some matches off callisti please because otherwise he's going to be winning too much bch (laughs) i was looking through old repos on github i saw a repo from 10 years ago that tracked starcraft two tournaments that i wrote with one of my students and it's just like man that game has been fun for so long yeah yeah it's having a bit of a resurgence it seems like we've just we've just kind of timed it right it seems like with the uh resurgence in the in the game as well obviously legacy of the void's been out for quite a long time but it sort of flopped a bit like the original wings of liberty that was that was the goat but then it kind of got a bit shit but now it seems to be coming back for some reason anyway on to the show itachi introduce yourself how do you get into bitcoin What's up? I'm Itachu. I'm a California native artist from a small reservation just off the coast of Cali. And uh, man, interesting story. I was actually at Burning Man back in <laughs> this year. No, oh, no in okay. 2017, I was at Burning Man and having the best time ever. And right at the end of the burn, I, I was introduced to somebody uh, named Nestor. And Nestor was like, hey, man, you're pretty cool guy, man. You, get, you got like the spirit of a lion. So he gives me like this lion necklace. And I still have that necklace to this day. And we became friends. We hit it off. We exchanged contacts and whatever. We stayed in, in touch. And uh, a few years later, after that, uh, Nestor was like, I, I would see him at other festivals. And he was like, yo, you, uh, you're an artist. You're like a digital artist, right? And I was like, yeah, dude, I do a bunch of digital shit. And he's like, yeah, I got this friend. His name's Josh. And uh, you know what you should do? And I'm like, what? He was like, you should, you should do some NFTs. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm doing some nine to five shit. You know what I mean? 
And he's like, yeah, man, it's going to be a huge thing. If anything, he's like, why don't you draw a monkey? Right. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to draw no monkey, but I will fuck it. You know? So I drew the monkey and I sent it to him. He was like, oh, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah, uh, I don't, whatever. No big deal. Right. Dude, just a few months later, I see the board ape was like the biggest NFT in the fucking world. I'm like, oh, uh, could have been me. <laughs> now I'm gonna be uh, listening to you. What's up? And so he introduces me to Josh, and Josh, we, we plug in, and Josh is like, "Yeah, man." He explains the whole thing, you know, the whole smart Bitcoin Cash, you know, Bitcoin Cash, how it, the community and everything, and uh, that's kind of how it started. He was like, "Hey, man, just come up with a concept and." Let's let's work with that. You know what I mean? At the time, I was really struggling. I was like, holy shit, you know, I'm working nine to five, making ends meet. Barely, you know what I mean? Driving Uber and all that shit. And then Josh comes in and he's like, you know what, dude, here, let me spot you some cash. Go fucking draw. Do what you do best. And I'm like, uh, all right, I'll fucking I'll do that. So I uh, go home and I'm like, you know what? This is probably going to be the death to my old life. So I drew a reaper, a little grim reaper. And that's the beginning. That's the story arc right there was, was the reapers project. And Josh and Josh spent multiple days and hours with me staying up late at night, building the entire structure of the reapers on SBCH on smart Bitcoin cash. So that, that was just my, eye-opening to an entire new world, the NFT world. I downloaded Telegram, got plugged into the community, and it took off instantaneously. We built the, uh, Josh did all the code, he did all the good stuff, smart contracts, all the goodies, website. And I was just drawing pictures. We were like the twin ninjas, just fucking going in, you know. And uh, well, that's the perfect storm. That time in Smart BCH is before all the drama, before it all fell apart, right? Like, obviously, it's like a shit show right now. But back then, it was new and it, it was EVM compatible. It worked with Remix, all the contracts worked. And there was a huge like community that wanted to port over things from other smart contract chains. And so, and there was nothing that looked good. I mean, you go to, it was Oasis at the time, and the initial set was not something that really would bring new people. And I was like, well, we just need to do something with a, that is unique and real and not like some cheap imitation. And I think it's going to be a good time. And we were right. And the Reapers community has been like holding strong for two years in Telegram with airdrops and drawings and all sorts of stuff, giveaways that Chu's been doing. And I haven't seen that anywhere else. And it's like when people are involved with one of Chu's collections, he's actually around. He's giving away stuff. He's doing promos in Venice Beach. Like he's doing all sorts of different things uh, that I just haven't seen other creators really do. And it's just like what he does. It's not like he's trying to hype it. Well, that's sometimes the magic is just when all the right things come together. And if it gets an instant response, I heard something uh, from Scott Adams a while ago. And one of the things he said is, you know, there's all kinds of projects. There's good and bad ideas. But a good idea will always get some initial traction. That's um, it might not be huge, might not be anything, but if whatever your scrappiest, shittiest first version is, if that doesn't spark something, 
it probably never is going to, right? And I like I I totally believe that because I've done a bunch of stuff and it all sucked. And then I did the podcast in one night on a Friday night in my bedroom and put it on Reddit and it went to number one on RBDC and boom, you're off to the races. So yeah, I think it's got to get some initial traction, these kind of things. Yeah. Everything's been so natural for us. Uh, Josh and I have been working together for two years now and it just feels natural. And the, the coolest part about it is it just, it feels fun. It's everything's so much fun. You know what I mean? Nothing's like a stress or like, we don't feel like we're pushing anything or like going crazy. And then it starts ripple affecting into everywhere else. Like just recently we did the ninjas and I walked into this local skate shop that holds some of my skateboards and it, the conversation just came up. I was like, why don't you guys accept Bitcoin cash? And they were like, what's that? And I was like, this. And they were like, that's, we're open to that. And I was like, yeah, we're actually doing a, a project called the Cash Ninjas, these little ninjas. And they're like, oh, you're going to put them on skateboards? I was like, no, they're, they're like these little images we sell as NFTs. And they're like, NFTs, what the hell? They're like, we want to get in on that. Here's five Pokemon skateboards you can give away to your community. And I was like, really? And these things were exclusive as shit. Like they did. <laughs> it's really hard to get your hands on one of them. So they gave me the five to show support and love. And that's the kind of effect that this has been having. It's, it's like people want to get involved. They want to help. They want to show love. Because mm -hmm. the idea of this whole decentralized way of exchange and currency and stuff like that, it's, it really blows people's minds. And it, it, they love that shit. And I'm like, man, this is, this is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice to see that crypto is starting. I mean, it always has ever since the early days. It's always hit on a certain section of people that just got it or got the vibe or were able to look past all the sort of economics and the price hype and the scamming and all that. But it's now one of the best things about the whole fact that BCH lost the block size war was the fact that the ETH community then got a big surge in traction and they had a few different ideas and now they've seeded those ideas of crypto being more about culture you know and they have a bit of stuff about the environment i'm not too sure about that but they brought in a lot of art which was really great and they i think music is going to come up at some point you can already see it in the bch community bch gurus has done it casual bch yeah. i've made some music like i think that's the the visual art stuff is is quite prominent in crypto and i think that plus music is going to be the next big sort of cultural frontier maybe the next bull run but that's just my i don't know take that's my yeah i love that angle on it. i did see an artist um he put out a project uh his music through like nfts and stuff like that and they sold out they sold of like a dollar piece or so and uh i don't think that really took off on his end but you're starting to see it more you know starting to see that stuff happen a lot more so the thing i like about right, really priced music nfts right not trying to like gouge someone right so like when you're talking like 50 cents for a track or a dollar for a track you can buy it you can sell it which means that like if it's a liquid liquid and people actually want that track it gives you an opportunity that like if you don't really want it anymore you can actually like resell in a way that is all very very reasonable and i like that model and if there's a way for us to be able to give commissions to the musician during that model I think they'd make a lot more money and we'd be paying a lot less. So it's mm. like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm buying tracks for like less than a buck or less than 50 cents. But when it moves, that artist is taking, you know, five or 10%. If that 
actually happens, then you're really supporting that artist, not just by the promotion of you moving the NFT where it's moving music and the marketing, but also getting that artist a little bit of money and residual income that's guaranteed through the contracts. And I think this is something that hasn't been fully explored yet enough, um, where it's like, we're really in the infancy, infancy stage. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's just sort of the cycle of, of life in every wave of technology, right? You have the whole like Napster and everybody's sort of pirating this music because it was too controlled from like the, I guess what was the CDs age at that point, maybe even cassette mm. tapes, right? So it gets onto Napster and then there's kind of a pushback where Apple comes out with the iTunes music store. They're selling the $1 tracks and that's kind of convenient enough and easy enough that it takes over the piracy. And then you have a fresh round as everybody gets a bit sick of that and goes back to the piracy stuff again and then you had like spotify have come out and youtube music i guess and they've sort of corporatized it again and now we're getting back to another wave of like the artists trying to realize oh shit all our money's been taken again we got to get another slice and then no doubt after that the next round will be crypto the corporate version where coca-cola are doing their nft drops and none of it's actually going to the artists and then there'll be a thing after that as well too right but it's just the cycle of life that repeats in the music industry as far as i can tell all right we got to hit the price i completely forgot to update the slides because i was just cramming down some kebab right before the show <laughs> but uh let's check the price bitcoin cash 217 dollars and 76 cents us up two percent in the last three percent nearly in the last 24 hours so that's great I don't know how much we're up against BTC and ETH, but probably a little bit. Who really cares? Anyway, Itachi, do you speculate much on the price? Do you give a single crap about that? Or what, what's your take on speculate zero on the price? Yeah, same here. I really just do not care about price. I care about what the, the community and the developer community and the marketing and wallet teams and all of the things that are happening within Bitcoin Cash. Because we're like this weird decentralized community. It's a lot of just different people all over the world that kind of put rules on themselves and try to deliver within the BCH ecosystem. Because we don't we don't have kings, right? So there's no there's no like centralized, you know, plan. And therefore I, I'm always looking at the health of like, are the devs working on fun stuff? Are they happy? Right? Are the community am I seeing people actually using BCH? Am I seeing new places where they're using it as cash? Am I seeing like an increase in the cash like properties being cared about, right? And within the community, those are the signals I pay more attention to. And I find if those uh, signals are healthy, then small price gains, one, 2% uh, are very regular. And those price gains aren't based on just speculation. Usually those are a little bit more tied to utility than we see with other coins. When we fall apart and the price falls, it's very obvious. It's usually there's political discourse or some big thing is happening in BCH or whatever. What I really like is, you know, slow, sustained price hikes without big jumps, right? Like going from $100 to $200 over a year. I like that. It's easier. It's more stable. It's steady growth. It reflects a real market. At a, you know, call me crazy, but when you see something go from $100 to ten grand or like these, like a crazy oscillation, that may be fun in theory. But that means that it's like, that's not a real market. That's like some weird speculative, speculative investor market or something else. If we're seeing global cash adoption that's just like increasing slowly, we should be seeing slow gains if they're, if they're gains for the right reason. 
And that's why I try not to look at the price. We need to build the best tools, the best software, the best wallets. And then the price should happen on its own as we actually get market share with people using it as money. Very, very sensible. I think we're coming sort of back towards more maybe a bit of a bull cycle for BCH and also for just crypto in in general. So for the listeners, longtime listeners of the show, you know, they've they've kind of been through and seen it all. And I'm warning you now, what's going to happen is once things start to go on the rise again, you're going to see all these people come in with just dollar signs in their eyes. And they're going to be thinking this is the best thing ever. And then six months later, the price it will have crashed off and they'll all be gone. Right. So the key is to stay on the ship <laughs> as it goes through that huge cycle and not fall off and then be there for the next build. Like the rewards flow to the people who are there over time and the sort of tourists, they mostly get a bit wrecked because they weren't paying attention when it wasn't hype. And then they don't pay attention when it isn't hype again afterwards, same as the music industry. One of the benefits of all the many you know, uh, hiccups we've had over the years since Bitcoin Cash uh, split off, right? Uh, is that we there's some builders that are still there that have been building for like many, many years at this point, right? You know, five plus years, six years. And we're talking about six years of building on a chain that wasn't always happy news, right? Most people aren't going anywhere. Like if they were going to go somewhere, they, they'd be gone. For real, they'd be gone. They're still building. And I see a very healthy core community, right? So people can FUD all they want, but I see a very talented base group that I don't think is going anywhere, um, you know, and they're all striving for the right things. And yeah, it's a little slower when you actually want to build peer-to-peer decentralized versions of things. It's harder to build a DEX on BCH's scripting than on ETH, but they have different properties. So I look at it as, you know, we're doing the, the harder work that takes a little bit more time that is going to lead to a much better smart contract future and a much more decentralized work a transaction cooperation mechanism rather than this idea of application like smart contracts that have logic. It's more protocols that let users craft transactions together in a truly decentralized way. And I think that's going to happen a lot more on BCH. And that design is one that I think is how it's supposed to yeah, exactly. And one of the things is that it won't be copyable as as well either because it's all homegrown. That means all the experts are going to be in the community. And it also means you can't just... Nobody else is going to be able to come in and rip it off. All the EVM chains, it won't be compatible. It won't matter. BTC doesn't have the scripting or the agility and all the other chains just don't have the clout or the size or the dev community to, to copy it. So once the ball gets rolling, it's going to be BCH is the only game in town. I'm very confident of that. Without getting into crazy politics, right? Everybody, I think, can agree that Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin took very different approaches to how they did scripting, right? So Bitcoin Cash was very pragmatic. I need new opcodes. I need introspection. I need things that are very tangible building blocks. And we want to get the scripting tier flexible for all use cases in a way that was not possible in earlier Bitcoin versions. And so that's been Bitcoin Cash's mantra. And we've been doing that consistently since the fork. Every upgrade, we're enabling, you know, mall, like a lot of things have happened. BTC went a very different route with, um, you know, Taproot and the direction they went, mainly to facilitate lightning support. And what, however people think of the politics, it was a very different direction, right? And but now we're finally starting to see the fruit of the decisions we made on Bitcoin Cash. 
It's like, yeah, our scripting tier has gotten powerful enough that we can do some really cool stuff now. And there are scripts we can write that you can't do on Bitcoin. And that's just a fact. And the opposite's true for different use cases, right? But honestly, we fixed malleability in a different way, which means we can do lightning. We can do it a different way when our anchoring transactions. We just don't need it because we have cheap fees and uh, regular payment channels work great for a chain like Bitcoin Cash. You don't need lightning. But um, it's been a really interesting ride to see what decisions people make in improving a protocol. And I think that it's anyone that looks at Bitcoin Cash seriously, right? And they look at the different upgrades and what we actually did, not the politics, right? Like, okay, yeah, we had some snafus around the EDA. Yeah, there was some mistakes too. We, we fixed them, but that is part of the process of trying to build something better. But on the scripting side, I don't think we made mistakes. I think we made really intelligent decisions about having a great script. And I look at ordinals and some of these other token technologies, and it's like, they're just really bad, right? <laughs> you, you may want those, the value of those things, right? I'm not saying that like the idea is bad, maybe that too, but I'm not saying that. It's just the implementations are really shoddy, right? You need extra indexers, you need extra stuff. For the first time on Bitcoin, you have minor validated, really high quality tokens that allow for all sorts of advanced smart contracts to be used. And it's taken months for us to get to the point where it's kind of usable, but it's like the most exciting time I've seen in a long time because we're building things that no one else has built. Finally. Yes. Yes. It takes a long time to do an end run around the competition and then sort of leapfrog everyone. But that's just the nature of the game, the nature of the market. So for people who don't know as much about the whole cash ninjas thing obviously you mentioned a little bit there Tachi. just give me the rundown of exactly how that's working so there's five thousand going to be minted there's eight clans dragon bch fire jungle water psychic blizzard and thunder and what else fill me in on this project there's rogue ninjas as well those are the oh, ninjas really? without any kind of marking they're not yeah. part of a particular clan uh and they're very rare so um but the Actually, idea there was a Wolverine one, right? That, that was pretty cool. <laughs> there's a lot more than Wolverine. We implemented a bunch of dope characters. And if you look at my past projects, I always like to intertwine my childhood inspirations into all of the projects that I put out. Whether that's subliminally or blatantly, you can see like the things that I grew up with. So for like the Cash Ninjas, for example, we we have uh, a bunch of the cool Marvel characters that have somewhat of a resemblance to ninjas. Moon Knight. We even got Wolverine to look like, you know, a ninja in that. We did uh, the Ninja Turtles, which was I thought was super awesome and huge because I grew up on that stuff. I, I love the Ninja Turtles. Um, we we did uh, Naruto, obviously, you know, ninja clans and stuff like that. We put a bunch of cool childhood inspirations into them. And even Josh threw a bunch of ideas in there. And that's what's really cool is that we, we design and cre we're creating together. And we're just like this. We're online. And he'll just throw an idea out there and I'll create it. And then hit, I'll throw something out at him. Maybe we should do it this way. And he'll construct it. And that's what's really dope about it. And the, the idea with the ninjas, what, what we wanted to do was not only put out a quality project on cash tokens. We didn't want to ask for much on it. But we... Josh also wanted to build the entire infrastructure for the minting flow 
on cash tokens because we looked at other projects and we were like, oh, it wasn't too easy to execute and accomplish the minting, but we're going to build something that's open sourced and something that's that's badass. And uh, he even got it all the way to the point where uh, you got AI generated backstories for each NFT uniquely, which blew my mind. I was like, what the fucking hell is this? This is insane. <laughs> and so if you go into the Cash Ninjas and you go to every ninja and you click on the info, with the, whether it's on Cash and Eyes, Zap It, and pretty soon Paytaka, um, you'll see a backstory for every ninja. And that's the kind of technology that Josh was talking about a little bit earlier is that I don't think anybody else is doing that on any other chain. Like We're kicking ass over here, ninja style. And so that was the whole thing for the ninjas. But not only did we want to open source all the tooling and technology, we also wanted to give them something dope. So we're designing a comic book, a storyline, a storyline that are going to have some of the holders, personal ninjas involved, you know, people who have been holding their ninjas. And I think that's dope because people have a lasting, you know, something, something that's stuck there, something with integrity, something that's going to be there for a long time, forever, if anything. So we're designing the comic book. And then hint, hint, there's a new software coming out called Procreate Dreams, which is a full animation software. And it is the predecessor to Procreate, which is the software I use to create all my projects on. So it's not much of a learning curve for me. So the possibility of having an animated cartoon show is more there than it isn't. And then with the AI-generated backstories and whatnot <laughs> we're starting to intertwine some shit it's going to be really hard for other chains to, to catch up to us you know now i'm also trying to do a few things that i think are attractive for people on other chains so for instance we updated the hash lips code uh to provide shinobi art engine and that shinobi art engine supports eth it supports solana and supports bitcoin cash now all the improvements we added the open ai support that supports those other collections too but we also built conversion tools. So like if someone has a collection that they built for a EVM chain, you can drop that in the build directory and you can generate yourself a BCMR file that indexes the whole thing. And we added a way to be able to migrate uh, collections over to cash tokens as well. So trying to facilitate a way to move a lot of the smart BCH projects that are currently orphaned by giving them the tooling that they can immediately generate a BCMR file. They can go ahead and index all of their stuff. We can, and then we're working on the bridge right now so that we can make it really painless to take those assets that people do want, um, and, but are very difficult to trade or have extract value from uh, onto a network that is a first-class citizen on BCH. And we don't have to worry about side chains. We don't have to worry about any of the politics. And we know that that's going to be around for the lifetime of Bitcoin Cash. So for me, it's a no-brainer for us to try to get the best possible migration tools and get the Cash Tokens ecosystem going. But that requires the developers to share their code. And one problem that I saw at the beginning, right, is we implemented a great spec. Jason did amazing work, wrote down, wrote a lot of detail into the chip process, the BCMR spec, all of it, like tremendous amount of work. I have so much respect for what he did, right? And But then you saw the first wave of cash token projects, and most of them are proprietary or incomplete. Right? So Gurus did a great job. The marketing's great. The music's great, right? But they pre-minted all the NFTs. There was no minting the baton. You were buying a pre-minted NFT. It wasn't a mint. It was a sale and it was a great sale and it's a great project, but 
we need to be able to let people mint too. Like part of the fun is to be able to create the NFT yourself, not just get it sent to you because you bought it, right? Part of it is the, the, the magic of that creation flow. And BitCats actually, to their credit, they created the first minting contract that was public, but it wasn't multi-threaded. And if multiple people tried to mint at the same time, there were a lot of failures because it was really early. So how do we provide a stack that's the base stack for the next 100 projects that doesn't have the limitations we've seen? So multi-threaded minting contract, new art generator, all the BCMR hooks, all the things that you need end-to-end are now available. And what we're hoping is that this is the beginning of something really cool. And then that is what I hope anchors the value of the Cash Ninjas, not just all of the contributions by Chu, not just all the stuff we want on the roadmap, but we're going to keep iterating on the tools. And I'm hoping that the ecosystem expands and those people use our tools. And then there's a reason for people to give back to our little project. It's like a flip starter, not flip started, right? It's yeah, we want to raise money to build all this awesome stuff. And we're not asking for any handouts. And we're showing you everything up first, up front. And please buy some ninjas, you know? And maybe <laughs> maybe that works for us. Yeah. And all love to the uh, to the Gurus project, you know? Yeah. Want to know. It's all love and peace, man. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're all going to win together. Unite. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, absolutely. And whoever mints Deadpool... DM me. <laughs> <laughs> Can anybody give me a bit of a rundown then? Because I'm pretty out of the loop on the SBCH stuff, but you said you're porting over the Reapers, and I know that has been a, a strong community. I've seen a lot of people talking about that through the entire entire lifetime of it so far. So what state sort of is the SBCH stuff in there, and how quickly do you think that's obviously with all the tooling and stuff, will that... SBCH is dead. Nothing is is, as dead as could be dead, right? Like the devs are not there. The ones that were there left, that shit is dead. And I feel terrible for Queen because he didn't want it to go down this way. He designed a test EVM network and it launched too fast and too furious and then politics destroyed it. And it never got the full chance that he deserves as an engineer. And I don't blame the smart BCH team really at all because they were very clear in the beginning, like, yo, I have this like alpha dev builds. It's really cool. And then we jumped in fast and early and too big. And then it all blew up because uh, it, we, we didn't think through a lot of those decisions, right? But there was a really active community there for a while. And the especially the NFT community there Everybody kind of knew each other. There was like a really good vibe in the beginning before it kind of got annihilated. And so I want to bring that back, but I want to bring that to BCH. So all the good things that we did do on Smart BCH around community and the people that were involved and the people that wanted to create art and people that were new to BCH that wanted to do something and they finally could because it was on an EVM kind of chain. Well, now we have the tooling on our main chain and we can do the same things and help them in the same ways. And we can provide a really cool bridge uh, to move those projects over. And then hopefully that gives incentive to more builders to help Pat with tap swap, build more DEXs, build more of the tools we need because we have more of an ecosystem. And more importantly, we're showing that we're trying to support all of the builders that have supported BCH in the past and try to get past some of the stuff that, you know, was not so beneficial in the, uh, you know, uh, within that ecosystem on smart BCH. Yeah. The splintering network effect is just so painful so to any degree that we can 
show good faith, really, in the sense of keeping that together, but also convincing people that were involved in that one way or another if they were affected. But then they're like, no, the community is trying to actually look out for us. Then perhaps the good actors in the scene can, because it only takes a couple of bad apples to spoil the bunch kind of an idea, right? So, Mm -hmm. but if you can retain that credibility, then sometimes that's actually better in the long run. Honestly, it's like if you have a company, if you fuck something up with one of your business partners, if you can make it right after that, that's almost better than having had no screw up in the first place because the other side of it then sees like, wait a second, not only are these guys honest, but if they screw something up now or in the future, we know they're going to go out of their way to help fix it. And that builds even stronger trust and support within the community, right? Right. And and the thing is, is I think people just need to be really honest about what they want to do with their projects, right? And it's like, just be open with the community. There's room for every type of project, right? And right in the beginning, when we did the Reapers, it was like, yo, this is just an artist. He's trying to get into Bitcoin. Like we didn't promise stuff that we didn't deliver. And we, we delivered a lot of extra stuff too. And I think that's how it's supposed to work. It is about community right? These people know each other. They want to chat with each other. We made skateboards that we shipped off to some Reaper holders. They have like literal physical skateboards with their custom Reapers on them shipped to their house. And it's like, we were some little tiny project on BCH. And I didn't see any of the multi-million dollar fucking projects on ETH giving people anything that dope that was custom for that person. Nope. Nope, they just pocketed that money and ran and like built more shit. They didn't like give that back to the users in the same way that I feel like we tried to. And yeah, our project was smaller, so we couldn't do as much. But it was like every opportunity that we could think to add value, we tried to. And that was the difference. It's like in mentality. How, how can we try to help these folks? Because they're supporting us. They're helping us. Of course, we should help them. So when Josh really took it serious, I was like, SBH is dead. The Reapers are actually dead. <laughs> I was like, what are we going to do? And Josh was like, build a bridge and get over it. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> Built a bridge. And we're getting over it and we're porting the Reapers over. And for two years, man, it's been strong. Everybody's still in there. They're still sharing Reapers. <laughs> Considering the images don't even load up on Oasis. They're still like, hey, yo, check this out. And so we're still here. That's what's really cool about it is I'm kind of like the orphan guy who came out of nowhere, not even knowing what the hell was going on. Josh took me in under his wing. Nestor brought me in under his wing. And we were there on this network. And I'm just like, I felt like the Mandalorian kid. Like I picked up by the Mandalorians. Then the entire civilization fell. And that's what made them stronger. That's what made them more unique. Made them legendary in a sense. That's kind of my little lore mentality on it and i was like man look, look what's happening now with the whole cash tokens thing and it's it's the beginning of it so we talked about cash tokens a year ago mm-hmm. we did legitimately we talked about what's our migration strategy we thought about eth we actually built the collection for eth and didn't launch it because it cost too much in gas for us to do everything and we're like this is this is not gonna happen we can't uh, do the reaper's revenge collection we have like another set of reapers that are awesome and so we have a, like a bunch of pending art that we waited on because we wanted to do it in the right place. And we didn't want to overload any markets, right? So Cash Ninjas is our first foray into cash tokens. But the truth is, is that we really want there to be a really like active community there. So well, hopefully we're going to move the Reapers over, provide the bridge, get all these other collections that want to move over, over. And then we also have some new material that's really fun 
that we're, we can release. And I have some other fun ideas of things that we're going to build on top of the kind of general purpose engine, but uh, a little too early to announce. But there's a lot of ideas we had in store, but it was too early. We were talking about cash tokens. It's like, well, what happens if it doesn't take off? We spend all this time. I talked to Jason multiple times and eventually we decided to do it, right? But we couldn't do it right in the beginning because then it's like there was no tooling. We didn't know how to do everything. Like, I think there was maybe five people that knew how to actually do it. Matthew being one of them, which was like a godsend for him being on the team, right? Um, and him and his work on Cash and I's Wallet Connect 2, dude, he did like this half I didn't know exactly how to get done. He was like doing it. And I was so, <laughs> it was just like him getting those pieces, the Cash script pieces done. He was working with Roscoe on the contract for the minting contract. And it's like, yeah, we have some really cool devs that want to build good stuff. Right. And like Roscoe gets all this credit for the amazing work that he did with Revoke and all the stuff he does on EVM chains. But the truth is, is he actually works on cash script and helps us on BCH and like is a great resource for us. Uh, really lucky to have people like that. Yeah. This whole thing was like fucking Lord of the Rings. And Matthew was just in that pub in the bar, just like sitting there <laughs> and waited for the right moment to be like, hey, you. And I'm just like, fuck <laughs> it's just like let's fucking do this you know what i mean that josh jumped on board and now we're like this fellowship of fucking dudes just you know doing everything that we were doing on spch and more yeah which is dope it's it's got a, such a good story and a good vibe to it yeah i'm excited about wallet connect too i also want to just sneak peek this really quick this is one of the the newest oh, hey, the halloween halloween repo coming up no, it's actually Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas as a uh -huh. Reaper holding Mr. Oogie Boogie. <laughs> Run that out there really quick. A few more cultural references in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So tell me tell me a bit more then about the whole visual art element to it because that was not something I was expecting with the comic book and then you said maybe like animations and stuff like that. When you talked about the big NFT collections, like whatever they call it, Yuga Labs doing the board apes and there's sort of crypto punks and stuff like that. They get so much hype, but I haven't no, not heard anything like this from any of them. And they have God knows how much uh, money and fans and whatever. So where where is this coming from? So the, even uh, before ninjas and in between Reapers and ninjas, Josh and I were developing a project called the Oroseka, which were like these Warframe-inspired uh, armor suits that had three different races, male and female, so six different varieties and diversity. And we were developing, I was drawing them, and Josh, Josh and I were doing this together, and he was just like, yo, this is, this is fucking awesome. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is like my favorite video games, inspiration, whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. And we're, I'm designing them. And as, as I'm finishing the design for the base set, I started creating the specials. And at the time, I was learning how to animate through Procreate because they have a small capability of animation. So I sent Josh the first one. And it was one of the base sets holding his hand like that with a BCH symbol, fucking animated, just like warping energy around it. And he was like, that is fucking sick. And I was like, kind of is, huh? And so the animation 
arc of my life began there. And I was like, I can fucking do this. This is awesome. It's all the same thing. It just kind of plays out as an MP4. I can do Yo, can we put MP4s on as and he's like, absolutely. I was like, oh fuck. We're we're doing some shit. So since then, you know, in between that and now, the whole SBCH thing had fell. So we didn't really get to embark in presenting anything on the animation side. But I've been working and I've been learning and I've been figuring this out. God sends the Procreate Dreams software out and makes the animation process and workflow flawless and easy. And as I'm watching the keynote and the presentation on YouTube of this new software, the predecessor to the software that I'm creating all these other projects on, I'm like, we can have like cartoons within a few days. We can have full on episodes in weeks. Like this is nothing. And they made it so easy. So I'm sitting there for literally the past two months watching tutorials on people who have the software early so that I'm prepared so that when the software comes out, we got ninjas fighting. We got ninjas meeting up with the Reapers in the underworld with the dragon collection that we dropped. We're just intertwining the entire thing. And I don't want to give too much information out, but even with the Oro set, which is probably going to be my biggest project, Josh and I's biggest project, we're, we're prepared. We, we've put some ammo and we're not really announcing too much. But with the comic book series, I think that's a good way to start with stories and arcs of these little ninjas and these characters, which the ninjas itself is a good start to approaching that entire dynamic, to approach to approaching that entire structure. So that when we have full-on animations coming out, there's already a sense of story. There's already a sense of a connection to these characters felt. You know, there's not, it's not just, oh, here's an animated series and whatever the case may be. Well, no, there was a comic book. Just like when we put out certain characters of Marvel and DC, like we have Batman in the fucking, in the, in the ninjas collection. There's fucking Batman. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got to go mint a couple more. Oh, dude, <laughs> Try and get Batman. Badass characters in there. I mean, like Wolverine came out. He's one of my favorites. I was like, fuck. Yeah, but there's a couple that are like really epic that haven't been seen yet. And we yeah. have some black ones. Like, yeah, the Batman one's pretty dope. But there's like, there's some others that I, I like better than the Batman. Right. And I want that to be the story. Like these guys did not try to hit us with too much in the beginning. They threw a comic book at us. They threw another comic book at us. There was a story. It was fucking awesome. People loved it. And then boom, they hit us with the small little animated series on some like Cartoon Network shit. And then it grew from there. I want that to be the story of the ladder effect. You know, we didn't jump onto the fifth stair of the ladder and start going up. No, we're starting off. You know what I mean? So everybody gets the goods. You know what I mean? You don't want to. You don't want to just jump right into the shark tank, you know. You want to, you want to slowly creep in there, you know. And that's where right. it's kind of been. So yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to we want to put out a comic book. We want to put out the animations, make it fun. So think of something like a a, a South Park meets Rick and Morty with subliminal messaging to like making fud and fun in a friendly way to not only other projects, but other coins who aren't doing as much as we're doing. And, and we're on a smaller scale and we're not even asking for much, you know what I mean? And, and that comp in a way that complements the community, 
so that when you watch that show, you're like, I, I'm part of that. I, I felt what he said when he said that, or when they yeah. did that. Like, I feel that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's the kind of shit we're aiming for. Yeah. And uh, just to set expectations, right? Like, some of the, we're, he's going to start leveraging all these tools. We're going to start launching stuff and, and new fun little pieces. It's like some of the animations are probably going to start and it's like, you're going to get like a two minute clip of something funny, right. you know? And it's like, we're going to see whether, what works and what doesn't. There's going to be a lot of experimentation. And that's why we, it's like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Under promise, over deliver is the idea, right? Like comics are fun, but that's only like a few panes of art. You know, we've put 20 pieces of custom art on the Cash Ninja's Twitter in the last two weeks, right? Like that's easy to do a little comic paint, but doing the animations, making sure the storyline involves our community members and it's like really fun. That's the stuff that builds community. And I think that that's what people are looking for. They want to find those global friends and uh, be able to chat with them about all sorts of fun stuff. Right. Yeah. I love how we're using some real cutting edge tooling as well here too, with the, you've got the AI stuff, Open AI generating up the descriptions. Then you said you're already onto this animation software isn't even out yet. You know, this is how, along with an insane work ethic that you guys must have, the amount of stuff between the three of you that you put out is crazy. <laughs> but uh that I guess plus the plus the tooling just takes it to the the next level. It just goes to show you really don't need ten million dollars and five thousand people to really get get stuff done, right? No, oh, yeah. you're honestly diminishing returns on too big a team, right? Sometimes it, you want a strong, small team, right? We all brought very different skills to the table, right? I've released a lot of NFT collections. I've generated a lot of art. I've done a lot of AI stuff. So great. I can take those. Matthew, his smart contract knowledge, excellent. Cash script, excellent. Working on, uh, like working with the spec for cash tokens and dealing with the off head and all that stuff, excellent. Right. I didn't have to worry about that because I had someone that I trusted and was capable that could do some really awesome stuff. And then we were able to look at each other's code and then optimize it and help each other. And there was like, it was really an organic flow. And then Chu, you know, me and Matt, we, we, we don't do uh, art, you know? So that's like all of us art and all, like creativity and like trying to make sure that we can promote and do all that. Chu's constantly working on stuff. So it, it's been super fun because. Everybody's doing what they enjoy and what they like um, want to bring to the community. Right. And that opens up like the whole idea of when we put out these animations and these stories and stuff like that, nobody gets to see the behind the scenes of what's going on here. Nobody gets to see the, the setup of Matthew and Josh communicating technically. And I'm there just kind of observing and they're like, Hey, Chew. How does this look to you? And it's like a list of code. And I'm just like, the fuck is this? It looks great. Nobody gets to see that stuff. So this opens up an opportunity for us to broadcast that. And, yeah, and I think that's really good. It. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Making of. Making of Cash Ninjas. <laughs> episode one. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be. There'll be a blog post. Sure. The Thoughts <laughs> blog, blog will have a, a large post about all of that. Because I want to show ETH people how they would be able to uh, do collections on BCH, how people can move collections, how people like how all the different tools work, and um, really walk through the four repos that we open sourced to the community because they all contain different essential pieces for someone to have a successful you know NFT project. 
But I also want to work with people that want to take that base engine and apply it for non-cartoon NFTs, right? The exact same contract generation process that creates those commitments, right? It's going to point to metadata for anything. Those could be concert tickets. Those could be whatever. I want to see that same tech repackaged for other use cases because there is ways to, there are definitely ways to do that. So, you know, when's the first show going to be available where I can get my ticket as a cash ticket? When can I go and redeem that at a show and be able to track that stuff on chain, allow people to resell their tickets safely? All of these benefits we get from electronic ticketing without a middleman. And I want event organizer to be able to deploy that contract. I want him to be able to press a button and magically he's got a ticketing system he didn't have to ask anybody for and works completely peer to peer. And then he is able to sell his tickets directly and make mm. full profit and have a phone at the entrance that just scans stuff and works without using any of these big players. The tools are there today for us to build these systems. And those contracts are extremely similar to what we've built for NFTs. So it's not just about little cartoon picks, right? It's about these uh, ways to have, you know, a non-fungible token that represents whatever it is and be able to create those collections easily, track those collections easily, redeem those collections easily. Um, and that it's just the start right now. I have a question about the art engine. Yeah. Uh, first off, what, what is it written in? It's in JavaScript. Okay. And so it was based off the original Hashlips code and they haven't updated their project in over two years. So I went in and I looked at what they had done and I had used it for a lot of other projects and I modernized all the code. You'll see, I rewrote almost all of it and, uh, released it as Shinobi art engine, added the AI hooks, removed all the stuff that was broken, fixed a bunch of massive memory le leaks that they had in their preview code. Um, and added all the BCMR stuff. So if you look at the code and do a diff between those two repos, a lot's changed. Um, but it wouldn't have been possible without them. And they did a lot of the actual like layer merging code. Uh, I added icons and a few other things that were uh, not there in the original release. But yeah, it's all JS. How difficult do you think it would be, like I've been working a lot with LLMs and whatnot, to allow the option to run a local model rather than... Uh, sorry, how much effort do you think it would take to add in the uh, ability to use a local model rather than OpenAI? Actually, it'd be really easy. So though, if you look at the file for OpenAI, what I would do, right, is clone that file and do it for like rename it to another provider. We'd add another utility. So that'd be the OpenAI that's specifically for the ChatGPT users. And then we would add a module for one of the local uh, things. And all it needs is an API I can call against easily. And then we can write a very little bit of glue code that just talks to that API rather than the chat GPT API. But then the applying of those attributes for name and description and not overdoing it, uh, like um, overwriting existing ones so you can resume, all that should just work right out of the box as soon as you make those uh, API calls different. Okay. I'll have to look into a little... We'll work with you on that. I'd love to add a local AI option. That'd be awesome because then people don't have to pay the 15 bucks. Yeah. So I know with like uh, with Python, there's libraries to make it really easy to run any quantized model now, and you can do it on like an eight gigabyte GPU. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, we should definitely talk about that because I'd love to do that, and that's why we wrote them as modules, right? And so it should be really easy for us to add additional functionality, and it's fully supported. Where Hashlips has been, you know, in maintenance mode for the last couple of years. So I'm hoping other NFT creators find us 
not because, you know, they have any issue with hashless, but like we're doing, we're kind of continuing the torch, adding new features, fixing some of the stability bugs. And I'm hoping people, you know, want to use better tools. Okay, cool. I shouldn't commit myself to any more projects, but uh, I'll take a look over the weekend and let you know. No commitment needed. We can do it on uh, whatever time is fit. Okay. <laughs> and just while we're sort of somewhat on that topic, uh, while I happen to have you, Josh, I got to ask you about, you made a comment the other day that you'd actually reviewed all of the Celine code. So in between all everything else you're doing, you had a quick, the whole uh, run through of that. Can you, can you give us your thoughts on that? So I actually thought that the modularity of the Celine code was really good. Uh, one slight thing I would have done different, I noticed you home-rolled all your SQL. Um, it's really cleanly done in the code the way that you did it. But I am not anti-ORM. And I think quality data relational patterns uh, can be modeled very efficiently on very lightweight ORMs. And yeah, you can break into SQL in certain cases, but I find that it can prevent some pretty nasty uh, foot guns, right? It's like, yeah, just use the ORM to generate some of the basic queries. If you need to go really complicated, you can break into SQL. But uh, that was the only thing that I would have done slightly differently. And uh, But the base code was really good. The way you modularize different services, the abstractions were solid. So I was actually really happy for like where you're at in the code. Like You have a lot of features to implement, but you have a good yeah. base and so that was what i was looking at it's like is the it wasn't is this the most feature complete wallet it's not you don't have bip 70 you have limited support for certain things that i need so i can't use it full time but i looked at it and i was like will this get to where i need it and i'm very hopeful about that because the base stuff you and Callisti did is really good so uh yeah. i was quite happy to have an open source wallet that i could look at all the code and know that the team's not going to be going away and is dedicated to building out a fully featured wallet and uh, hopefully eventually cash tokens, Wallet Connect 2. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when, we, when we have time, you're, you're speaking my language because the, the SQL stuff, that was uh, mostly Callisti and he's currently uh, revamping everything uh, before. Like Honestly, it is already starting to go a little bit viral among uh, various communities that I'm aware of, uh, let alone the ones that I'm i'm not so we do want to get in some user uh tracking so the app just checks in you know anonymously whenever you uh are using it and we'll see guys but we i think i'm pretty confident we'd have at least a couple hundred regular users around the world if not more and probably probably growing so uh but anyway calisti is working on the next iteration of that at the moment so that will in between wrecking me at starcraft so that that will be uh coming up uh at some point in the future but we've uh held off a bit on the updates uh for that just because it wasn't it wasn't popular in the in the listener survey now i wanted to also get on to so you mentioned before about the bch gurus they have nearly minted out their second wave so nearly four thousand nfts and they have also been releasing upcoming uh, previews of their price prediction game which was the sort of the the core of their project it looks amazing yeah. uh, i have a, a video here linked on the slides i'm hoping jet can just open it up and maybe play it just in silent mode for people to have a bit of a look at but it looks like very clean like the ui is looking uh great i guess any nft project you're gonna have some kind of visual artist involved so <laughs> they can help with a lot of that front end stuff it looks easy to use uh and obviously people love gambling in 
uh, crypto. So that's probably going to be a huge hit. The plan is for it to be released in Q4. So I don't know when exactly we're going to see that. But from the perspective of you guys, I was wondering, A, how much have you communicated and collaborated uh, with them? And secondly, also, are you getting any feedback from them on either the tooling or on how they feel the cash tokens space is is going since you're running sort of in parallel so the the gurus we've talked to them a little bit um we're big supporters of their project i think all their stuff looks great um i haven't worked actually that closely with their devs um other than just you know we're some of the primary projects right now and they're very supportive of us on the ninja side they're really uh excited about uh, wallet connect too all of us are because that connection mechanism between all the wallets, we need to make sure we have good wallet interoperability. And we need to show a bunch of wallets that do it and hope that some of the more mainstream wallets also follow that, that curve, right? So right now we're seeing the smaller market uh, cap wallets adding support for things that the community needs because they need market share, right? And they want to get that market share by being innovative. So Zap it and Paytaka and Cash Nice, they're innovative. They're cutting new features. They're trying to get out there. Then I look at the wallets that have millions of users installed, right? Like I look at the Bitcoin.com wallet. Well, I can't wallet connect with that. I can't do any smart contracts with that. I can't use cash tokens with that. So we need to show an ecosystem that is ready for them to do that kind of adoption, right? And it's not about them throwing us a bone and just like writing it because nobody needs it. We need to show people that people are leaving their wallet because they need cash token support. And until that happens, they have no incentive to build it because, you know, Roger's not there like pushing Bitcoin cash like it used to be. Right. I see Bitcoin.com going very much more multi-coin and that's fine. That's a decent business model for them, whatever they want to do. But the Bitcoin cash functionality is starting to languish. We need to give them a reason to do those updates and show a healthy community and clear specs. And I think that, you know, us doing this with all the other wallets can get us there. Right. Because people will start complaining. They'll be like, hey, I went to tap swap and the wallet connect didn't work and it, it works in my other wallet. I need those emails to go to them. So uh, I, I think that it's a it's a slow play. But as we get better wallet support um, and more importantly, all the web wallets are supporting. Right. The extension based wallets. And I actually think those are going to have a leg up long term. Even though like browser security kind of sucks and people get, you know, it's hard to secure web browser extensions. MetaMask is a disaster. I don't know. It's like always best to have it in the web. I actually like wallet connect to a phone, right? Like I can scan it and like link it to just my phone wallet. Uh, I think is the thing that really works the best. Um, but we're really close now and uh, that level of connectivity and then figuring out how we can describe smart contracts to each other, right? How do we display that for the end user? And, you know, cash nice has one way to show a transaction for approval. But some people don't understand UTXOs. So like input one, input two, and really going to do much for them. They're like, I look at it and be like, Chinese submit. Uh, and it's, uh, so we need to figure out the best ways that we can communicate these more complex features to an end user. Same problem that MetaMask had to solve, right? And a lot of people had a hard time. So these are not new problems, but now we're inheriting some of those problems because the tools are finally catching up to the other chains. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts then on you, uh, the native wallet stack stuff that Emergent Reasons and the general protocols guys have been trying to bring up into the discussion? Do you have any takes on where that should be heading? 
so no, I don't have enough context on that to talk about it. Um, you know, I think that while like standards are really important and more importantly, how we write our specifications is really important. And so I've been working with Jomar actually to make some slight modifications to the BCM spec um, uh, for additional metadata where we think we need it. And so those conversations are definitely happening around it, but Wallet Connect right now is really around a single address. And I think that there are really good ways for UTXO models to handle identity with addresses, but I don't think anyone's doing it correctly yet, unfortunately. So I look at it as there should be identity-based UTXOs. They're like the lowest number of sats. And like that UTX, like that uh, address, we just like don't have funds on it, potentially, right? You can prove an address that has no funds, right? And you can use that for identity. And then you can group certain addresses where you want to share your identity. So maybe like if in a, the future world, right? Facebook, Instagram, it's the same company. I want to use the same identity so it links my profiles correctly, right? You can have an identity uh, address that's just for that. Another one for your Google, another one for your peer-to-peer -peer whatever account. And the identities can be separate however you want to generate them. And the wallet should be smart enough to be like, yo, when we're generating identity addresses, it's stupid to put money on these. Real dumb. Don't put the money here. And then the protocol can deal with payments after identity has been established. And that way, they can't link your payments to your identity. And But that makes the Wallet Connect specs a little bit more complicated, how those are managed from a profile perspective in the wallet for these features to feel seamless and to like like feel uh, like not um, cumbersome to the user. And I think there's like some really good things that we're going to need to do. And that's where the wallet innovators are, right? The first wallet that has like really good different identity profiles, different XPubs, different like a, a real nice privacy experience that includes something like a cash shovel or cash fusion, all of these kind of features together where the UTXO management is paramount. Right. And exactly how we spend those UTXOs is the main consideration of that wallet. I think we have really a lot of room for a wallet like that. And uh, Electron Cash isn't quite it. And I have tons of respect for that. Electron Cash team is the Ginsu knife of wallets for BCH. But from a usability perspective for a noob and around identity and like Wallet Connect, there's pieces it's missing that we need. And those pieces need to really be dialed in by all of the wallet authors so that, you know, people aren't doing really bad implementations. And some of them are just like step one implementations now, right? Cash and eyes is one address. It's easy though. We go there, you do it, the minting flow all works. You want to move stuff to another, uh, you know, wallet like Electron Cash, you can easily do that afterwards. But ideally, uh, that's a multi-address wallet, right? Um, and we want to be not reusing addresses if you're not reusing addresses, then you need a lot of special handling for identity-based addresses. And I think it's okay to have identity-based addresses because you can throw them away. There's nothing that forces you to keep them. Just don't put the money on it. Just don't, don't, don't do what Ethereum did. Don't put the money and the login so someone can see the user and be like, oh, this guy's got $300,000 of Ethereum. And then they get <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's not yeah. do that. That was stupid. Yes. Yes. Itachi, so talk to me a little bit about, obviously, this is a lot of the, the tech that's going on underneath the surface. But then I think what we're going to see increasingly is because that tech layer has been so strong, uh, and obviously we'll get more devs, but I think we're also going to get a much bigger surge of sort of artists and creatives in a sort of, you know, reverse pyramid that builds on top of that, right? And it's mostly their job to hear all this kind of stuff that Josh is saying. And 
maybe not even you're following all of it, but you have to find a way to translate that to the end users to get them excited about these new features or what's coming up or, you know, to educate people in a certain extent, what's unique or different here. How do you approach that kind of challenge? That's an interesting question. Uh, it's, it's been interesting for me to explain the technical side of things. But when you watch something, and I know this is going to be corny, but when you watch something like the Ninja Turtles, you, know, you got Donatello right here. You know, you got Leonardo right here, you know, and, and we come as like a unit, you know, we're like the Ninja clan. And I can only go so far of telling you how it all works. But, you know, I'm so lost <laughs> in the whole, like, technical side of things. I can just say, I can't explain it to you. I just know that it works. <laughs> and that's been my experience so far. The way my mind works is, is through an imaginary process. You know, I, I work with my imagination. And I basically onto the canvas you know so most of the time <laughs> i do need josh there to explain things we recently did something with the entire topanga film festival last year where uh people were like nfts oh my god blah, 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 explain it to us and i was like okay dude i need to go get donatello <laughs> let's fucking get him i brought him on board he explained the whole thing and it just worked and they were and i sat there for 20 minutes explaining what I think I know about it. And he was able to nail it down into like two minutes. So that's my whole thing. So we come as a unit, you know? Um, and, and that's basically the simplicity of, of me explaining it is, is I, I don't know how to explain the technical side, but that's the beauty, you know, is, is like, I'm the, basically the transmission or the engine. and He's the, you know, the carburetor or whatever the case may be. And we work together on that whole thing. I don't know how to explain this stuff. I don't even know what a UTXO is. Do we even use that? <laughs> what, yeah. What's an electron cache? I don't know. <laughs> so it is difficult, you know what I mean? Um, but that's the beauty of it, you know what I mean, is that we come collectively and we work together like in that sense. Well, if we and test up and, and Chu can do it, we're good. We're good. Right. You know, you know I mean? website, I mean, <laughs> when he it was working for him, ship it. <laughs> if I can connect to my wallet and send my funds to that wallet and purchase or mint something, then I think we're good. And, and the guys are like, can he do it? All right. I think we're good. <laughs> so that's, what's kind of cool about it. And, uh, that's just, that, that's our story right now. That's, that's how our comic book lays out. But All right. Then yeah, yeah. Let's okay. Let's attack the same thing from a, a different angle then because i'm sure we're going to have people coming into the scene who are in your position of not following you know all the specifics but they can see there's a lot of dev activity there's a lot of stuff coming up and they want to be involved how would you advise them to either i mean i know you had your sort of lucky happenstance right but do you have any advice for people joining the scene who are artists or creatives as to a how to find those devs and then be how to get them on side and talk them into some kind of collaboration uh once they get here what's the magic is that a question there? for me or for josh it's for you it's for you okay so uh i've had people come in uh i even had like a, a good friend of mine he, he's from london and he came down 
And just plugging him into the ninja community was enough. And that was awesome. He minted a few ninjas. He was like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. But I kind of showed him how to uh, connect cash and eyes, you know, get funds into cash and eyes, mint ninjas and stuff like that. And those are the doors that I see opened for the opportunity to bring people in. Then they connect. Then they start collaborating with others. There was a uh, another individual who did something called the Moody's back when we were on Smart BCH. And I brought him in to the Reapers community and he plugged himself in, figured his way out. Kind of like how I did, you know, Nestor brought me in. I met Josh and we kind of, you know what I mean? So it's, it's these projects that are kind of bringing us all together, you know? And that's the kind of the faith and trust that I have, even with like when the whole gurus thing, I found I had to go find the guru's chat and we can picture it in our minds with our imaginations, me walking up the temple, me. And I walk to the temple and I knock on the temple doors, boom, boom, boom. And these gurus open the doors and I pull my ninja mask down and they're like, he taught you. We've been waiting for you. And I'm like, you guys fucking know who I am? And they're just like, Yes, it's good to see another <laughs> artist in our space. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. I'm like, what's up, guys? And they're just like, what's up? And so that's kind of how the whole thing on the guru side started, as I kind of just showed up, you know? And that's what has happened to a lot of the other individuals in my space and our space that I've brought in. A lot of the individuals, said they just kind of figured it out and found out. And I like that lore. You know, I like the people that come into the space just not knowing what the fuck and figuring it out and connecting with these devs and being like, yo, kind of like how the Matthew thing happened. Matthew just kind of was just sitting there watching. And I was just like, smart BCH is dead. What do I do? And he's just like, alone. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of works out like that. You know what I mean? And, and I, I like that whole. I like that whole approach and that setup right there. So there's not really a there's not really a, a, a definitive answer to your question, but I can share my experience, and that's exactly it. Yeah, no, I like that. So there's no prescriptive way, but it sounds like the main step is to get yourself involved in the existing community projects, and by contributing there and being sort of known and active, then then the then the devs will find you. You know, you got to put yourself. In the lake, and then they'll come, they'll fish you out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool how it happens. It trips me out sometimes because I'm sitting there, I'm just like, the fuck is <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's such it's it's just such a new world and it's in its infancy. So it's cool to be part of, interesting to watch, and then interesting to create based off of that observation, for sure. Yeah, yeah, decentralization has a has a way of doing that, right? I just started the show, then Jet sort of found me somehow. Then I found Callisti and Omar, the other guys that work on the show, work with my projects. Once once you start putting stuff out into the universe, the right people appear, and you don't know how they do it, but they do. <laughs> so, like you, dude, Jeremy, I was like. <laughs> the fuck and you just showed up and i'm like yo what's up 
we finally get to this point today where you're like, hey, yo, the live's going on in 30. I jump in. We're conversating right before this goes live. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to bring Josh in. Oh, well, this is the second time Josh has been. What the fuck? I had no fucking idea he was in this motherfucking court. Help. You know what I mean? So kind of thing. The know? last time I had the Lightning Network weird clips of me, they just went everywhere. So that was, that was me ranting against the Lightning Network. Yeah. It's so funny because I've seen that as well. And I'm watching that on Twitter. And I'm just like, you know, it's just a random video. I'm scrolling and Josh jumps in and I'm just like, (laughs) this is fucking awesome, dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) Having a good fucking time, you know? So just goes to say. Yeah. Okay, cool. I wanted to chat a little bit about casual BCH. So obviously for quite a long time, I've been grinding out episodes. We're nearly at episode 100 Bitcoin Cash podcast. And we've been slowly getting a whole diverse collection of other sort of content creators have been coming into that space as well. Two there, we've got like Ray uses Bitcoin Cash, we've got cryptocurrency theory, we've had the various Twitter spaces come on at different times. We've got Bitcoin Jason, who's in the chat now, and I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting others, right? But I've been really loving at the moment Casual BCH, which is a another podcast but it is a very different angle on bch and it's so important i think for people to get a variety of of takes because it is this decentralized thing and certainly listeners to the show who only know the bch community you know mostly through me talking about it obviously to a variety of people but i only have one one lens i have my my opinions and i think it's everybody needs to get some some other takes so i highly recommend everybody to go and have a look at casual bch it's done by sayoshi nakamario and his wife vin and then also cheap lightning has been joining a a bunch and they've been getting better episode over episode uh episode 13 just came out episode 12 uh was out recently too and they hit on a couple of topics that i really wanted to get a bit of reaction going so then we have a bit of uh circular dialogue happening in the community because they were kind of reacting to my show and then i you know then i can then react to their show and people can follow the organically developing conversation. So they had two topics, I thought, on episode 12. Everyone can go and listen to their backstory on it. But they were talking about at what point does maximalism become toxic? And this is a great chance for uh, some thoughts here because Josh has sort of the long-timer view, I think, sort of similar to me. But Itachi, you said you found your way into the BCH community and you kind of got lucky because you hit on the gold straight away and you maybe dodged a lot of the other other stuff, right? Uh, but what's your take on how BCH-centric should we be and is the community able to be welcoming to outsiders at the same time as being sort of passionate and fervent that Bitcoin Cash is our favorite best chain and who really needs anything else, right? At what point does that become exclusionary or you know too diluted in either direction i'm gonna get a little bit of uh spiritual in there work work with me though yeah yeah so i jumped into the bch community had no idea what was going on everything was cool had a great time reapers josh nestor matthew awesome good times amazing we got to a certain point where we were like, well, SBCH is dying. 
what do we do? And we figured, hey, yo, let's let's uh, let's create a project for ETH, right? And we put all of our efforts towards that. So we're going to do Reaper's Revenge. The whole idea and the lore in my imagination, my weird mind, is like, we're going to put out the Reaper's Revenge onto Ethereum. It's going to be the revenge takeover. Within that time, I was joining a bunch of Twitter spaces and networking with a bunch of people on Twitter. And a majority of them on Twitter in the Ethereum space, let's just hypothetically say that, or let's not hypothetically say, but let's say theoretically the entirety of it, a majority of it was fucking toxic. A lot of these guys, a lot of these individuals in those particular spaces on Twitter, Ethereum space, oh man, it's a fucking bloodbath. Them guys, it it's tough. Even I, even I caught myself in there, joining s- Twitter Spaces, talking shit to other people, fudding them, just slowly becoming what I would personally say, from a lore perspective, the dark side. And so, taking a step back from that, everything in my in my existence, I come from a, a, a native reservation in our ways, our culture, there's 4,000 of our members left in our tribe. We're very connected to our heritage and our tradition. So spirit has been kind of guiding me through. And everything within that was keeping me away from having the launch happen on Ethereum. And we wanted to launch this thing, gas fees, et cetera, et cetera. Just got in the way of that. Everything on a metaphysical side was like, no, yeah. stop. All signs pointed to no after we still, like, started building it. And I was like, My okay. ancestors showed up and were like, it's not going to happen, young warrior. And so me and Josh were like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, we're gonna stick over here. And as soon as I'm like coming back all battle scarred with my ninja mask on, and I walk back into the BCH community, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, Itachi? What's going on? I was like, what a breath of fresh air. BCH, whether it was smart Bitcoin Cash, whether it was the community itself, the cash tokens community, I noticed a sense of integrity, a sense of health in there that was not found in any other space, even the Solana space, even the Avalanche space and those communities. Bitcoin Cash has this flavor to it. It has like this style, if you will, that is like, holy fuck, I'm so grateful and I'm so fortunate to be part of this because no matter what the fuck I do, I get nothing but support. I get good feedback. I'm backed up by the dopest people. There was a time where I was going through some of the hardest times of my life recently. <laughs> and people I had, I didn't even know what they look like because they have a fucking NFT as their profile picture. We're reaching out in support and showing love. And that was something I couldn't find in any of these other communities whilst 
trying to network and plug in with the Reaper's Revenge Project on Ethereum. And that was something that I was like, maybe I was like, there's not as many people in these in, in our community compared to what's going on over here. Open sea and all that. But goddamn, the quality, the quality that Bitcoin Cash has held down. The, the the lives that we were able to change and my life that has been changed because of it is just something you're not going to find anywhere else. And that kind of story is what I share with other individuals who enter the space. And there's so much value to it. And I hope that I'm answering the question right because I'm, I'm kind of going off on a little rant here, but God damn, I'm so fucking fortunate to be part of this community because it's like this is this is cool you know no matter what i do i'm supported mm-hmm. no matter what we do together we're backed up and we're lifting we're lifted and we're lifting each other and we're giving back and like we've said before we're providing things that a lot of these guys who are charging buttloads of currency for we're not even asking for a lot of it and we're giving back. And those people are, are showing more support than you would get ever mm-hmm. on these other chains, on these other sides of the fence, which is something I'm grateful for. And that story alone has inspired other people to join us, to jump on. Just like the story when I took it to the uh, skateboard shop, they were like, dude, I'm fucking tearing up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Like even now, like we're on the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Where the fuck is the Ethereum podcast? Because like I would love to uh... hold the bankless. It's <laughs> <laughs> not called the Ethereum podcast, and they definitely have bank accounts. So don't know about that, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's just wild because the community here in BCH is just very different, right? What what I've noticed with the Reapers community is even when the Reapers weren't selling. Even when there wasn't huge price activity, the people were there, still chatting, still talking to each other. The community was there, and it wasn't dependent on the price of the NFT. Find me one Ethereum NFT community that the price fell the bottom out of that survived. You can't even think of one. The ones that survived had their price survive right? CryptoPunks and, you know, apes and all this stuff, right? And even those are massively down, right? But the moment that a, a NFT and Ethereum loses its resale value, it's crickets in their Discord. It is crickets in their Telegram. The people are only there for a profit. And they pretend that there's community so that they can get the profit. The difference is, is here that we actually feel like we have a community. We have people like I log in. It's like, yeah, those people are going to be around. They're building little vending machines. And they're trading their Reapers and they're trading little stories. And they know Chu. They want to see what he's been up to today and like what he's been up to in California. It's like as a real human being. And I don't see anyone ever even mention the price of a Reaper in the Reapers chat. Like you could scroll back for a month. And no one's talking about the price activity other than like, oh, I have a bundle on Mantra if anybody's interested in some special Reapers or whatever. They're just trying to like trade. But it's not about price. It was about the Reapers and the community and the people. 
And so that's why we want to do the bridge. It's not because like we just want to like move over assets so that we can sell them. We're not going to make any money off the bridge. They already sold. There's no commissions. Like we're doing this so that we can get people that value their assets over to a new chain. And more importantly, those people that are so supportive of all the things we've been working on, right? To be able to do that again. And these communities are really, you know, tight knit. Um, everybody knows each other. And it's not just like passing fad people, right? Like I've seen the same people in Reaper's chat for years. Right. And it's like, okay. Yeah, the people that we sent skateboards to is because they've been long-term supporters for a long time and they've tried to spread the word and do all this really cool stuff. And so I'm, I'm just really stoked that uh, we can do this and try to bring these communities back together and have people that are more focused on peer-to-peer -peer cash, decentralized smart contracts that work for peer-to-peer -peer transactions and you know shared transaction construction and all these like really cool things we do on Bitcoin cash that other chains don't do and keep improving it. And uh, so it's really exciting. Right. I just want to share one last thing on the topic is when I was a lot younger, I would play videos. I would play video games, Call of Duty, Warframe, Starcraft, really cool video games. And I've met some of my closest friends online. People that I actually can share some real shit with. Mm -hmm. This is the adult version. And not saying that I don't play video games as an adult, but the connections that were made at the time of me younger, it's a similar feeling. It's a similar effect to what's going on in these communities. You meet people and you build a relationship with them. And you're like, I don't even know what you look like. But the connection that I made with you is fucking awesome. I mean, the only reason I know what you look like is because we did video chat. I've never seen that human in real life. Right. And I kind of regret it because God, look at him. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Saki <laughs> <laughs> Clan. Um, uh, anyways, yeah. And, and that's just, it's just a similar vibe. It's a similar setup. And you're like, holy cow. Now my... Is how Picking up <laughs> that little bear. <laughs> there's little bear. There's little bear right there. He's the star of the podcast. Little bear. Yeah, yeah that's that's just what I wanted to mention. Was like it's a similar feeling to meeting people on online. Boy. There's Little Bear. So Little Bear's he's part of the Psychic Clan. Uh -huh. Your ninjas, Psychic Clan all day. <laughs> Mascot. Mascot right there. Love him. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing, amazing story to hear. And I just think that because there's sort of a a balancing act, like when you said about integrity. I think a lot of the BCH community would say that because it's become very adept through a number of disasters and problems and so on at rejecting bad actors. But the thing is, that's that's kind of a double-edged sword, if you see what I'm saying, right? There's a certain amount of being closed to new people or being suspicious or having them have to prove their worth. And like, for instance, the BCH gurus, they've been doing a great job with an anonymous team. They put up loads of proof of work. They made promises, they delivered on them, 
etc they've built credibility right but plenty of other people come in and they some fly by night whatever and they slowly get rejected so you can have a sense of integrity but we've always got to tread the line between being like the in group is the in group you know you've got to have a it's a filter you've got to have enough flexibility that something somebody can get through the filter but at the same time if the filter's too weak then you let in all the bad actors so that's i think the line that we're trying to tread and maintain but it's funny what you say about the same people cropping up over and over definitely seeing that i i see that with the podcast all the time who's in the chat here bitcoin collab bitcoin jason dunkonomics let me scroll back a little bit we had exploit earlier um a bunch of bitcoin judas like it's these same people do vin as well from the casual bch to check in right as we're talking about them dev for it killian like it's the same people over and over and you can feel that network effect coming together for everyone in a in a sort of larger mission and uh, we're getting reports here as well that apparently in south florida we'll talk about it in a sec that the the bch community there is kicking off with loads of people who are not particularly active on social media necessarily maybe they're not in twitter threads or they're not uh you know posting on telegram or whatever but they're still loving the bch vibe and they get involved in in things and apparently the scene in south florida has been doing really well there's been the cracker barrel meetups uh ravish where ryan giffen's uh restaurant they're having that steakhouse in jupiter i guess that must be a place in florida rather than the planet uh bitcoin cash has been coming out of the woodwork and meeting tons of new bchs down here that nobody knows because they don't do social media but they still follow and love bch and that's that's really great to hear that's some powerful stuff yeah definitely i've I've sworn allegiance to bch in the community which is kind of cool i love to would, hear that you know what i mean i swore allegiance I, I just had no idea about cryptocurrency any of that shit i'm just a regular ass fucking ninja i in the world i i think and that I- Sorry, I just want to tag on because I think I understood a little bit more of where Jeremy was going with the maximalism conversation. And I feel like this ties perfectly into it. So we did the listener survey and we saw that more and more of our audience is all in on Bitcoin Cash. They don't want to hear about anything else. They only want to hear about Bitcoin Cash. So we have this maximalist uh, culture that is really like popping up and it seems to be thriving, to be honest. But there's the distinction between just being a maximalist and being a toxic maximalist, right? And I want to add, I, f- I feel the same way, uh, Chu. I think, like, I did that flip starter to go to the uh, programming boot camp. And these were people I've never met in my life. They gave me, like, all I needed for tuition. And now I'm active in this space. And hopefully I get to work with Josh and contribute back to this art engine, right? And... So I I think the question to really boil it down was, do you think that with the rise of this maximalism, there has also been a rise in toxicity? Or is there anything that we can do to keep the toxicity away while also sustaining the maximalism? I'm a a hip-hop artist from L.A., you know, California. And there was a lot of the times where I go to these shows and a lot of people are beefing and showing... A lot of people like to say, well, original hip hop is dead. Now, when I look at this perspective of the whole rise of toxicity, the rise of integrity, one of the dopest hip hop artists that I listen to, he says, hip hop is never dead. 
because I surround myself with people who are heavily involved in that type of hip hop. And so far for me, I don't experience a lot of the toxicity. I don't experience toxicity at all in this BCH space. I think if we approach every situation in this space with integrity, we're met with the same level, if not more, integrity than we approached with. So for me personally, as, an, as somebody who's only been in this space for two years, who has no idea of the technical side of things, who doesn't watch the rise and fall of the price of Bitcoin Cash, all I know is, is that if I surround myself with the right vibe, that same vibe is going to be met with me. And I think that goes for a lot of spaces beyond even the crypto world. You hang out with a certain type of people, that's going to be the vibe. You hang out with this type of group, that's going to be the vibe. And so far, it's just been us. I mean, even now to this point, all the way up into this day, I'm with you guys, you three right now, and the vibe is there. And that's what I choose to surround myself with. Luckily for me, I haven't been able to involve myself in any kind of toxicity in the BCH space. So the rise of the maximalist is even a new concept to me. But as long as we approach it with integrity, I think we're going to be met with the exact same vibe. And that's just my perspective. from. A <laughs> so I like when people are proud about like the, the technologies they want to back, right? So like maximalism by itself, I think it's totally fine. As long as you're, you know, in a land of honesty, right? So just because you like something and you're a maximalist, you should be able to admit when something isn't right with it too, right? You should be able to be honest about the thing that you support and be able to say, hey, these are things I like, these are things I don't like, and be honest about what needs to happen to push that project forward. And I think that that's really critical and that's what maximalists are there for, right? Maximalists are there to like really keep the, the, that direction on peer-to-peer -peer cash, right? There are a lot of people that don't like that I release work on NFT stuff, right? Because they're like, oh, NFTs, uh, it's not peer-to-peer -peer cash. It's like, well, we need cash tokens tooling. A lot of this stuff is going to be needed and we're going to be using these tokens a lot. And it's not about just little JPEGs, right? And yeah, we want to support artists and those things are really fun. But that's just like one little piece. I don't want it to be like Ethereum where people are paying like $50,000 for a fucking animated little right. JPEG, like a little GIF or whatever. Like that's stupid. Like, I don't, I don't understand that world. Um, but I do understand the world of being able to pass around value and to be able to tokenize an object and pass around that token that represents that object. And that is the tooling that I want to see happen in the maximalist, as long as people are talking about features, right? Instead of saying, I don't like Ethereum, right? Say, you know, Ethereum has like some benefits. They have a huge dev community. I'm not crazy about single addresses. I'm not crazy about the way their wallets tie into their smart contracts and to their applications. It leaks privacy. And there are certain things that I prefer the design to be a different way. You just said you like Bitcoin Cash better, right? But you didn't say that. You said this feature doesn't work for you. I don't like how you designed this thing. It's not about your coin. It's about how it works. And they can't argue from good faith if you're honest about the things that work and don't work from a technical perspective. So stay away from the flame war. You don't need that, right? It's like if you're talking to someone, you can give them, yeah, your market's bigger, you're doing this, whatever. Yep, ours took longer. We were designing it this way. We had a different set of trade-offs. But ultimately, this is the design I wanted, and that's why I'm a fan of this technology. This is a proactive debate that gets people 
and curious about what Bitcoin Cash does. When you just insult someone for their coin choice, but you don't talk about the technical reasons you would do it differently and you do it with animosity, you're pushing them away from our community rather than giving them an opportunity to join it. And so I think it's really important on how we phrase things to others, especially in other communities, so that we can be looked at as thought leaders rather than people that just want to bitch that their coin sucks. There's plenty of good reasons to tell someone a coin sucks without just saying their coin sucks, right? And so like, just tell them the reasons. Just get, be honest about it, right? Oh, you pre-issued this many million dollars. I don't do that. All right. It's like there's really good ways to address these problems. And the BCH, the maximalism, I think, is really healthy. It prevented us from having a tax on the block reward. It prevented some big catastrophic failures from like maximalists on peer to peer cash and what big block Bitcoin means. And there was a lot of shakeup around it. And it, it's, you know, we're still figuring it out. It's like an ongoing process. But for, for me, the people that are still here, we're obviously maximalists. I've built stuff for a lot of other chains. I have no problem with those other chains. In fact, I think everybody should be able to use the chain they want. As a voluntarist, it is not my business to tell you what chain you should be using. As long as you're not hurting me, I don't give a fuck. Now, I'll tell you what I use, right? Because I think that's going to be my best choice. But I don't think people should be dictating to other people what they should do. You should be talking about what benefits you have in your life or what features benefit you or what technologies you think actually are too, you know, uh, censorship prone or don't have enough privacy or whatever. It's a real reason that you don't want to use that technology rather than a buzzword of like, oh, I heard this is a shit coin. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons it might be a shit coin. Tell them what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, uh, like you said, avoiding attacks on the Block, uh, block size, not the block size. Block subsidy. Block reward. It wasn't yeah, just block subsidy. subsidy. It's all. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a, a lot of things, right? But I've got the next slide here. XEC government raises taxes. So last, uh, <laughs> last week we were talking about the drama and all the different things that were going wrong in every coin. Uh, so I was kind of happy to set aside some drama, but... But we've now, we've got one more that we just have to get in there. So I've got a tweet here from Kane XEC who says in the eCash currency, quote, seems like the IFP will be going from 8% of the block reward to 32% of the block reward with the next eCash network upgrade as well. With the upcoming halving, I see this change as good and necessary. This will help ensure enough funding for the team to keep building end quote so this just had to be mentioned because this was what the whole split was about and the bch side said if you go from zero percent to eight percent you're essentially establishing a government they're the ones getting the funding they're never going to vote to disband themselves and in fact their incentive is the opposite over time they will vote to or vote or they will you know spread their influence to get more clout to themselves and the excuse that they've used is that it's a bear market and we don't have enough money well who decides you know enough money so last i checked the economies bail out specific people you know definitely yes. oh the economy is failing let me just bail these guys out like no that's just so ridiculous honestly I, I saw that announcement and i was just this is exactly why i had the problem with the ifp in the beginning it was the exact this was the crux of the issue is there's no way to fairly set the percent. If you have a $50 billion economy, that percentage should be crazy low. 
If you have a tiny economy, then the percentage has to be high in order to support it, which means that someone needs to, from a centralized perspective, control the IFP rate. And now you've just sent out a giant broadcast to everyone that you're going to dictate whatever the fuck happens in that chain and you don't give a fuck about anybody else. Like, that's the message you send out. It's like, yeah, we're going to 4X our reward because, oh, we're a little broke. So fuck all of you guys. I mean, honestly, that's crazy. And I understand they need funding. I, I get it, right? But like 32%, a 4X increase in a subsidy that like, I, I mean, who makes that decision? How often does that decision need to be made? And how do you prevent yourself from looking like completely and utterly centralized when you can change the percentage of the money you take off the top of a network? I just don't see how that is even palatable. I just don't get it. And that was like, honestly, Amari could have done like almost anything else during that time. And I would have tried to support him. But then he was like, I just want to tax the block reward. I was like, dude, that's like the one thing. That, like in economics, they don't make sense. There's no way to do this fairly. There's no way to do this without a centralized party dictating the rate. This is a disaster in every possible way. And we're just watching it play out exactly like we thought. Exactly. It is exactly what the community predicted and expected. And so I just, I, I have to reinforce that because we have to learn those lessons from the past, which I think we have. But, uh, you know, you could say, well, maybe one thing I should do is just, okay, the past, the past, ignore all that. Let's just move on. No need to like be rubbing it in their face or anything like that. But I think it's important to illustrate to the community. It's those who don't know the mistakes of history are, are bound to repeat them, right? And you can see like this guy, he's he's coping with, oh, the changes are good and necessary. It's a bear market. They need more funding. Well, when the it's not a bear market, when they pump, are they going to put the rate back down? Almost certainly not. Of course, they want more money to go to the taxes are only going to go up right and if the taxes go up like they've quadrupled it here now they can't even quadruple it unless they started burning coins or doing something like that but whatever the next increase is the more money that goes into the vortex of the central party the less that the whatever organic community there is has and so it will perpetuate the bear market and they it's a death spiral right back to the uh maximalism stuff right real quick there's stuff that xcc is doing that is good i don't want to shit on their whole team they are a very technically capable team amari whether we like all his decisions or not is a smart guy manjarian smart guy these guys are people i like you know i don't want to sound like i'm just like shitting on them i think they made a bad decision on that one thing the ifp their post-block finalization stuff. It's pretty cool. They've been working on Avalanche, trying to figure out nice ways to incorporate that with proof of work. I'm not a big fan of staking that they're rolling out right now. There's stuff I like and don't like. But what's really cool is they're like crazy low market cap, crazy under the radar. Anything they do that we actually really do like technically could make it to another coin or another place. I want them to keep playing and doing all of these nice te technical pieces. They're open sourcing all this code. People can choose whether they use their coin or not. I choose not to use XCC because I don't like that contract. But like, I've, like I said, as a voluntarist, I, I'm happy if they have users that are using it and they find it useful and they find it as a tool. Great. Right. Because that team, whether I like all their decisions or not, is one of the five teams or so that I see in the entire fucking crypto space that gives a shit about peer to peer cash. Now, they may not see the same vision we see. Right. But how many teams really care about peer to peer cash? 
How many, right? ETH doesn't give a fuck. That whole community of EVM chains, most of them don't care. And layer twos are trying to pick up the slack on peer-to-peer payments because the layer ones are all broken. And this is just the reality of those situations. Bitcoin stopped caring about peer-to-peer cash a long time, right? So where does that leave us? Well, there's obviously Bitcoin Cash. Obviously, that's our favorite, right? We're here. We're talking about Bitcoin Cash. But let's give a shout out to a couple people at least who are their eyes are directed in the right place, right? Dash has been trying to do peer-to-peer cash since its beginning. Now, rough starts, you know, maybe people aren't a fan of that project, whatever. They're trying to build peer-to-peer cash. eCash, trying to build peer-to-peer cash. They're not trying to do store value or anything. The reason they're adding Avalanche and all this other tech is because they care about peer-to-peer cash. And I'm not going to alienate those people because they made a bad decision and I can opt out not to use it. Right? So let's not shit on them. People don't want to use it, don't use it. But like the tech that they do develop might be useful for us. Those people are really smart. And I, I think that there will be stuff that we're going to learn from them in the future. So then when you look at Litecoin, Litecoin people do use as peer-to-peer cash. It has the same scaling problems as Bitcoin. Because like, are they going to ramp up the block size on Litecoin? Who knows, right? But for now, it works as peer-to-peer cash and they market it as peer-to-peer cash. They're not just store value. They're the silver to Bitcoin's gold to be cash, right? Whether I like their project or not. Monero, trying to be a peer-to-peer cash, right? They want to be the privacy peer-to-peer cash, right? So there's a few projects that I think, whether you like them or not, are trying to do the right thing that we should always be looking at, right? And some cool wallets that are built, like Cake Wallet's a nice wallet, right? I want BCH and Cake Wallet. So it's, there's some really, really good teams that are trying to build stuff, but politically, they may not all agree on all of the terms, and that's okay. Totally okay, right? We have what we want, and we're going to try to build that chain. Let other people experiment. And if they do something really cool, that benefits all of us, because the end result has to be us wanting peer-to-peer cash. If it happens for another coin in a way that is compatible with our worldview, it shouldn't matter whether that logo is a Bitcoin Cash logo or not. Now, right now, I think we're the furthest ahead for where we want to be, which is why that Bitcoin Cash logo is one I'm proud to be a part of. But if something else came out and was like the perfect fucking peer-to-peer cash coin and checked every box and like magically hit the scene and like, wow, I'm going to audit that. And if it works and has liquidity and it's like a functioning, awesome peer-to-peer cash product, I'm going to be a fan. And I think that's cool. I think it should be feature-based. Sorry about that rant. A little bit of ranting. Yeah. No, no, that's good. That's good. We got it. We got to have a rant that we can clip it and be cashy can make a whole animation show with and just repost it around on Twitter. So we, we had to get, yeah, yeah. You got to, you got to be careful how that gets spread around. So I, I just want to say like, based off of my unprofessional observation and doing the research from all of that, I have no idea what the fuck anybody's talking about on that side. So thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Surely no uh, tax will be coming to Bitcoin Cash anytime soon. I've got a slide here called points of interest. There's so much going on in crypto these days that it's hard to fit everything in. And I thought, well, maybe I'll start a segment where I just throw out a few things and see maybe people make a quick comment. Maybe they don't and, and just move on. But a couple of different things that are happening in the news, people that are keen on all this stuff uh there's links there you can go down the rabbit hole uh once you've watched the bitcoin cash podcast once you watch casual bch and you're still needing some more crypto here's some good 
leads for you to dig into. So we've got the Sam Bankman Freed trial has been ongoing. Caroline Ellison, his ex-girlfriend, has come out with a bunch of you know her own revelations and stuff. There's various beef with Binance, stuff about them suppressing the price of Bitcoin, etc. Well, there's a clip of Tone Vase about a week ago, one of the all-time great BCH haters and trader extraordinaire admitting that the BCH price chart is looking bullish. He's recommending everyone to sell any BCH they have left, but he can't deny that apparently things are looking up for us. Uh, Ryan Giffen has run his annual charity golf tournament uh, recently. There's a video you can watch some of that. It was really great, actually. And MP Bryson has come back on the BCH scene to give an update on some St. Martin's crypto legislation. And then finally, you had Peter Todd did actually release his drive chain critique, which he had promised to Paul Stortz and which we talked about on episode 89, I believe it was. But exactly as I told Paul that he was dealing with a bad actor, uh, Peter released... He didn't get paid to do a full report. He didn't, exactly. Peter Todd (laughs) demands the respect of zero. Zero. No one should ever listen to Peter Todd. He's proven himself time and time again to be a bad actor and has been the one of the most destructive forces against Bitcoin out there. And anyone that listens to him, in my opinion, is helping destroy Bitcoin. Full stop. Yes. Itachi, any thoughts on any of these topics? Quick hot take on on anything here? Catch your fancy. I mean, I've seen some of the SBF stuff on the internet. I don't fucking know. I mean, I know some of that shit happened months ago. But to be real with you, man, I'm just drawing pictures and hanging out with the homies mm-hmm. on Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, man. You know what I mean? Like I said, you surround yourself with the right shit, you're going to be met with the right shit. All of that. Looking at the picture of Homegirl on right here, <laughs> she looks like the auntie that will tell your mom if you're like ditching school. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Other than that, Josh, where's the FUD guy who's dissing Bitcoin? Will Ninja kick that fucker right into fucking like 1985? You know what I mean? Straight up. Um, other than that, I mean, I have no comment. They're all good. Weirdly enough, in the Bitcoin community, right? Like Paul, I respect Paul. He's really trying to do something that he believes in. He put in a lot of technical effort. He's not a troll. He tries to stick to like arguments that are based in reality, right? He tries to answer critiques against the technology he, he he's pushing forward with drive chains. He's doing everything he can. And the community has been really, uh, you know, um, pushed back really hard against it. And I, I feel for him because he's a smart, capable, and I think he's doing out of wanting what's best for Bitcoin. And I don't think the people attacking him are doing it in good faith at all. I think that uh, they are, they are destructive to Bitcoin. Now, I'm not saying that I think that drive chains definitely should go through. But what I'm saying is that I think that that dialogue has not been a fair dialogue and that people are kind of demonizing and attacking someone that has really meant well. Every time I've talked to him, it's been pleasant. 
And, you know, as someone, he is a, he, he believes in BTC. He doesn't really want all the other coins. That's why he believes in drive chains, right? He wants one supply and a bunch of different rules so that we can maintain scarcity. It's a very reasonable argument. Even if you disagree calling him an asshole or making fun of him or not doing the reports that he paid you to do, all that stuff is garbage and it's not in good faith. And so I, I look at it as maybe, you know, if we keep recognizing talent in these other chains and they realize that they're not going to be able to do their changes in Bitcoin, right? Maybe they'll look to some of the other changes to see whether or not the chains to see whether or not we can incorporate some cool tech. And I'm not saying we need drive chains on, on BCH, but I'd love to see that conversation. I'd be curious, like, how would that interaction be different? You know, him talking to BTC and the Maximals community there about drive chains and how that conversation happened versus if he would have made that exact same conversation with the BCH community. What would that conversation have looked like? Now, they both, maybe they reject it, maybe they accept it, whatever it is. I don't know what the outcome is, but I bet you the way that process goes down is significantly different. Yeah. And we're going to see, uh, apparently, it's already possible for him to do drive chains or something very similar with cash tokens gives that sort of functionality at some point if i can if he just opens up a bit more to obviously we've had him on the show already and then i didn't really want to bring him back without any substantial sort of developments in the story or any good indication on his side that he'd had a bit of a light bulb moment because otherwise it's a bit of a waste of everyone's everyone's time really but uh, at some point if he has a bit of a light light bulb moment if we can get him and Jason Dreisner on the same show, like the mix of just personality and knowledge there. I'm not sure what's, what would come out of that exactly, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it would be some next level type of stuff. So uh, we'll have to see. Have to see if we can facilitate that when the time is right. Okay, meme of the week uh, comes from Emergent Reasons who generated an AI picture of a lady in a business suit pointing at a, like skyscraper cities uh, with half of the skyscrapers being green and a giant green Bitcoin cash emerald kind of growing out of it. Uh, and he titled it, Behold, in response to somebody whose tweet I didn't even see because apparently they were so wrecked by this post that they deleted their whole account. So uh, I think this might be the next uh, BCH meme that we should spread around. It's kind of pretty ridiculous, but maybe it's just as simple as like if you're stuck or you're having problems with Lightning Network or you're upset about drive chains or whatever it is, then just why don't you come over to the green BCH city, which is kind of futuristic and working. Maybe that's the next thing. Made me laugh because it's just so ridiculous. It, AI, obviously AI generated images, you know. <laughs> yeah, we were generating some memes in the Cash Ninjas chat as well. We have a bunch of funny BCH memes. We've been using Dolly 3, and it produces some really cool stuff. Um, you can you, you can get some really, like, especially if you're willing to do a few iterations and, like, back and forth with the AI, you can actually get some really fun marketing materials. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to share a meme. That's yeah. cool. That yeah, cool? go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's a meme I made. I made a bunch okay. of memes for Cash Ninjas. <laughs> All right. So here's self memory. Here we go. 
Oh, dude, come on. You got to get in there. So there's a smart Bitcoin cash and cash tokens. Yes. <laughs> so it's the meme of the, for the audio listeners who don't have the visual feed, it's the meme of the um, old, I, I'm not as familiar with the, the Ninja Turtle. Yeah. What, what's the, what's the name of the teacher Splinter. character? It's Master Splinter. Master Splinter. Right. So he's obviously hel- helping the small turtles and then the turtles grow up and then they're helping him. Right. And so it's like SBCH uh, was, or BCH was, yeah, SBCH was helping out cash tokens and now it's gone the other way around. You know? Not necessarily, but smart Bitcoin cash paved the way. It brought people like me into the space where we, you know, did our thing. And now cash tokens is going to take over because mm-hmm. SBCH is dead. But um, <laughs> uh, I just, you know, just wanted to share that really quick. And then uh, I do have one more, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is Meme of the Week. Yeah, it's the right segment for it. Okay, let me just get it really quick. Let me just find it really quick. I promise I will be quick. Meme of the Week. I mean, yeah, I was surprised it wasn't uh, one of these bad boys. But it is what <laughs> I yeah well I had I hadn't been seeing them come off of my time it's it's my own flavor oh here we go oh, BCH <laughs> it's okay so this one is BCH uh, rock being Sisyphean pushed up the hill by the cash ninjas and I do like that one because that's how Hitachi's <laughs> he's dying of laughter over his own means. <laughs> I can have a great time by myself over here, just just loving life. Um, just, just love just loving life. You know okay. I mean? Cash Cash Ninjas with the goosebumps meme meme template. For people who know that. Oh wow. I'm glad we need to have a whole you know, Go Cash Ninjas meme meme episode. You got to submit to the next meme competition. You know, every year we do Luke Pryor and I. We've done two now, where the community's submitting memes. You got to get in there for the next one. You could be a quality uh, contestant. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you can you can watch out for that. It's usually what part of the year? It's usually in like April. I think it's like uh, April Fool's kind of kind of time frame. All right. All right. Next, next thing in serious, serious business, serious business. Now, community comment of the week. Uh, Remora one hundred and one, a regular, very, very regular BCH uh, community contributor, had an interesting poll question in Telegram. Said, "So with BTC in disarray and BCH looking better than ever, I can't shake the thought that another attack might be imminent. What do you think it will be?" The options were 12% responded devs slash code, 18% responded social slash censorship, 37% responded government slash regulations, 21% responded hash or 51% attack, and 21% responded something else. Looks like I voted for hash as being the way that we're going to get attacked, some kind of mining takeover but as we've all been saying things have been going really well things are looking better and better so there's always just that part of your mind that thinks what's something's got to be cooking because they don't stop us we're just going to take over 
what's it going to be, guys? Can we anticipate and prepare in any way? So I don't think it's hash. I'm just going to throw it out there. Just because hash rate's temporary, right? So they can try to block up the chain for a while, right? But like, it's a losing battle proposition for them. There's too much minor support long-term. And the worst they could do is like slow things down for a while. It wouldn't be enough to cripple us. And I don't think they'd be effective. So I, I just don't see that being the avenue. Even though we're a low hash rate coin, I'm not saying they can't, right? I'm just, I, I don't think that that's the avenue. I think the avenue that it's always been has always been political and social. So I think that that's just the, the way it ends up being. That and then network level attacks is not lips listed. That could so be in something else. Empirically, you're like XT, Classic, all of the big block was DDoS. Again, they just own the fucking operators, right? So if things get too popular on BCH, I think there would be a combination of network and social attacks to make it look like the reliability had gone down and that the community was some political, oh my God, bad, bad, bad thing that they wanted to stress on that probably is not based on that. So... I, uh, that's kind of my guess. Um, but I also think we've been kind of under the radar for a really long time. They don't talk about us. It doesn't matter what we fucking do. Dude, like a coin telegraph and like all the big, uh, news sites short of me walking up to Vitalik as a BCH and punching him in the face. They're not going to write about anything. They're not going to write <laughs> anything ever good about us. And I've accepted that, right? It's fine. They're owned by MasterCard and other corporate interests. They do not believe in ever promoting Bitcoin Cash on their fucking website. We get it. It's obvious, right? And so I think that's more of the what they're going to keep doing is just not paying attention to us. The fact they didn't cover Cash Fusion. The fact they didn't cover Cash Tokens. The fact that they don't cover any of our NFTs or scripting or open source contributions. They don't report on anything that we do. And I like that because that keeps us under the radar and lets us use peer to cash without government scrutiny and other scrutiny. So yeah, keep not writing about us, keep ignoring us and our value will keep going up, keep ignoring us. Please do that because this is working. I don't need you. I don't want your speculation. I don't want your lies. I don't want your distortions. I don't want any of that. I want peer to peer cash that grows from people using it and finding it useful. And if we can succeed at that, we don't need them. And I think that they do nothing but heart hurt us as they all they are interested in is slander. Yeah, they're, they're Any fucking lame. A- yeah. Anybody who attacks, imagine going to a fucking temple and attacking some monks. They're fucking lame. Dude. Yeah. Chill the fuck out. dude. We're just chilling here making some fucking cartoons. We're just doing our thing. We're not bothering anybody. Mm-hmm. We're not fucking with nobody. Look at where just, our adoption is. We're doing our own thing. You know, we've been showing love. You know what I mean? We're open sourcing shit. We're doing cool shit. We're just trying to sit down and have a fucking drink and chill. You guys are fucking lame. Go go take that shit somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like, uh, I don't want to be too harsh. But I, I come from a, from a reservation. You know, native people. We just want our land back. Get the fuck out of here. Go away. Go away. Go be lame somewhere else. And that's where we are. We're just trying to do some dope shit. We've proven that we've done some dope shit. We've helped out other people and individuals in the community and space. Maybe that's not the entirety of it, 
but for a majority of it, that's what it is. Go away. We don't need you. Yeah. We don't need you. I mean, you don't have time. Fuck off. You can tell how how slanted it is. If someone put out a new smart contract for an NFT collection on ETH, they would have it all over every news fucking channel and talking about the innovation and the smart contract space and a bunch of buzzwords and fucking blow that shit up like it was the next revelation of Christ. Right? We build all new fucking minting contracts, full open source stacks, multiple repositories of new code. Crickets. Not a fucking line. And it's just like, okay, at this point, we've realized how censored they want to be with our community. And it's really amazing how overarching a lot of that censorship is. Because if you just look at the stuff based on like technical merit or news, there's a lot of stuff that we should be seeing, right? And I'm not saying that we should be in the news all the time. It's not like every day we do something awesome. But there is a lot of cool stuff like the price prediction stuff that the gurus are doing. Mm. It doesn't exist anywhere else, man. That's really fucking cool. Those are decentralized contracts allowing for prediction games and prediction markets. Something that we've talked about on all these chains for a long time, gamified with nice art and a whole experience. If that same thing shipped on ETH, that would have been the news coverage for weeks. Instead, the gurus sit, as most people don't know about them, or all the innovations that they're trying to do. And it, 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 it just saddens me, right? But I do also think that it's a, a blessing secretly because that means we have less eyeballs on us. We can trade more freely. We can do our things more freely because there's this like big market presence isn't there. And that kind of be to me, at least as a voluntarist, right? As someone that wants a, uh, another economy that I can participate in. That feels real with BCH because like, oh yeah, you guys don't include me in your economy. They don't talk about it on the news. They don't talk about it in the social environment that I'm used to. It's all in this bubble somewhere else. Well, what does a side economy fucking look like? I think that's what it looks like, right? It's like a totally separate and, and the big people aren't covering it. And you have to be part of that community to know what's going on. Isn't that like what that side economy is? So I think we're succeeding. Weirdly enough in how this is all going. I think mean, it's a benefit. Yeah, do you have a thought? What what would be your vote on this? On this are we are we getting what's the next wave of attack? Surely there's one coming, right? Uh I don't care. We're just prepared for it all. Come 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 to my village and attack us. Maybe we'll win. Maybe we fall. But at least our names will go down in history. I don't I don't think BCH has any real like concern about it. We've had attacks before, we've had hash wars before, we've had social censorship before. It hasn't worked. We're still kicking. Yeah. We're doing better than ever. So really, uh I would vote something else if I had to vote at all. But you're gonna have to get creative because <laughs> every other thing up here hasn't worked. I that's, mean that's what true. happens when people don't mint cash ninjas. They just <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's true that none of this stuff, you know, like the devs attack. We've seen that at least twice. The social censorship, that's just blanket, but obviously more periodic, like around the block size wars and stuff. Government regulations is a hard one to hit onto BCH specifically. That's why I don't think a lot of people voted for that. 37% of people. But I think that's just uh, that's just kind of spray, spray gunned, scattergunned yeah. on the whole of crypto. It's hard to be like, hey, we're going to make a law 
specifically for Bitcoin Cash and especially for Bitcoin Cash because it has the same miners and the same everything, Origin, you know, Satoshi, blah, 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 as BTC. So it's very, very hard to get get in there with uh, any kind of specific government attack. The, no, the, the, I could just, yeah. We, we've gotten attacked every which way. Every, every which way. And you know what? We see growth in communities that need peer-to-peer cash, where income rates are lower, where prices, uh, transaction times and prices are more sensitive. And we see that happening, right? Zap it in India. We see Gaitanga in the Philippines. We see places where they, there's a need and those communities are stepping up for that need. And that's what this is all about. I wasn't in BCH to like guarantee it worked in the US. US is the nation that tries to control everything and fuck everything up on the planet. And like, I'm not expecting them to be the first one to adopt a cryptocurrency that is like against their blood money. Right. So like, I think the US is probably like one of the last places that like actual crypto could flourish because I think we have less freedom than most of the world, weirdly enough. So like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my breath on peer to peer cash in the US right now. I'm going to be honest, but I see a lot of hope everywhere else. And the difference with our community and everywhere else is that we're a global community. And I see uh, some of these other communities are a little bit more localized in the US. You look at the layer twos for Ethereum, for instance, right? US. US companies. Boom. All right. So you want to be under a US like company that's doing some stuff to layer two. You can do that. And they're trying to be in like favorable jurisdictions as well. So we're going to see layer twos that probably pop up in favorable political demographics and stuff. But when I see the greater community of investors and all that, it's like the people that don't need peer-to-peer cash all trying to build something they have no need for. And then I see a bunch of people in places that do need peer-to-peer cash building it because they need it. And if I have to take a long-term bet of the people that don't need it building something they have no context on because they already have a payment system that works and credit cards that work and all of that versus the people that don't have that building what they need, I'm going to bet there. I bet that the people that need peer-to-peer cash know what they need. Absolutely. And there's nothing as powerful as a grassroots organic you know, passionate community. I seriously, I was thinking about that earlier, uh, just as we were playing this StarCraft tournament and a fifth of gaming. David has been pumping out updates, man. He has been crushing it. Like, it's crazy. Just, And he's got a couple other guys working with him now. Well, of course, because passion is attracting other people and just that that's it. We're in there. We're having a good time. It was really fun. We're actually gamers, you know, that that will start to resonate. It will start off small, like all these things, you know, iron out a few of the kinks until it's a little bit slicker, but it won't have to be perfect because people won't need perfect because it will already be better than anything else there is. It's, and people will stand with a few rough edges if it's something they can't get anywhere else. And that's what's happening there. So, and that's just the same across the the entire ecosystem, really. Okay, we've got a message to the community, starting out with Itachu. What does the Bitcoin Cash community need to hear? Just in general, any thought or comment or story? What What do they need to hear? Uh, can I say something? Yeah, that's what my this grandfather. <laughs> my my grandfather has a really dope quote or something that he said to us since we were little. Me and my cousins, you know, he was like the chairman and chief of my tribe in two thousand nine for four years after that. Very, very respected man. He said to us, 
if we take care of something good together, eventually that good will turn around and take care of us. Mm-hmm. And I try to spread that message everywhere that I go. And so I want to relay that message to everyone in the community that if we take care of this together and we build this together, not only do we stay together, but eventually it'll turn around and it'll take care of us. And it'll take care of everybody surrounding us and eventually everyone surrounding them and so on and so forth. So that's my message. Cheers. Amazing. Cheers. Cheers. Josh, anything to add? I think that was pretty much perfect. Um, honestly, my mom said something very similar. It's treat others like you want to be treated, right? And it's like you want to treat other people with respect and courtesy. And you want to work with, together with pe- like-minded people. So what I would say is the last things for the community, if you guys want to build on cash tokens, you want to extend stuff that we're doing, come visit us, first off. We're building lots of shit. We, we like the, the ecosystem. We want to keep working with the community. And um, for me, it's like, let's build together. Let's make sure we have, we're interoperable with each other. And I've seen it happening, right? The latest Wall Connect stuff with Bitaka, Zap It, Cash and I, we're rolling that out. We're working together. We're fixing the bugs together. We're like, everybody is happy to grow the greater pie of Bitcoin Cash and tools and adoption and all the things that we need to do together as a community. And we, we, we just need to keep our eye on the prize, right? Is stay away from the toxicity, keep building the stuff that you think is useful, work with the people that want to build and don't waste your time on, on the haters, right? Like there's nobody that's going to build this stuff for us. It's either we build it all and we build awesome tools for ourselves and our community, or we don't and we get obsoleted by something else, right? Um, and so it's really up to us how we, we, we proceed. And that's what the Cash Ninjas was all about, right? We didn't want to do a flip starter and just beg for money. We wanted to build a bunch of stuff, show people that we're serious about building stuff, build a community, build a like-minded uh, set of people. And then we're also trying to bridge that with the whole Smart BCH community through the bridge that we're developing and bring all those projects in. More importantly, bring those communities together because those communities were different. And so bringing that next wave of people that are interested in Bitcoin Cash because people cared about them, cared about their assets on that other network, cared that they could go and trade and join a new community and get the support that they need within the crypto ecosystem. So it's really about being inviting and being supportive and us working together to build the future. Let's show everyone else what we're capable of. Although we're different cl- different clans. Well, I see four people here that have built them. <laughs> For sure. We're all from different clans, but we all work together. Exactly. It's about. Yeah. Just like the ninjas. Just like the ninjas. Pretty badass. So go to ninjas.cash and mint your ninjas now. Whether you use Cash and Eyes or Zap It, maybe even Paytaka tomorrow. Yeah. And then, so check out our GitHub. Uh, it's the Cash Ninjas uh, BCH uh, GitHub. And there's tons of, there's four repos there now. As we do more work, that you're going to see more stuff there. All the bridge uh, code will obviously be open source for different projects. Um, we don't have an exact ETA on that, but we've already started uh, the designs. So yeah, we'll keep plugging, like plugging away, and uh, there'll be new art from Tachu soon. Right. And join us right now because we're on the third round of the ninja clan trials the first one was psychic the second one was the fire clan 
And big announcement now here on the Bitcoin Cash podcast. The newest yeah. clan trial tournament is for the Thunder Clan. I think I, we'll, we'll, we'll it post just, that soon. Damn. <laughs> Kick some ass. <laughs> the Thunder Clan, we're all in. Um, but yeah, awesome. All right, cool. I got to give my supporter appreciation. Thank you very much to the donators, legends, as always. Thank you to our patrons, Ricky and HP. Thank you to our sponsors, General Protocols. Check out bchball.com and check out our Flipstarter, or thank you rather to our Flipstarter contributors, Bitcoin Jason. Check out uh, Townsville for a Bitcoin Cash Holiday, Shadow of Harbinger, Molecular Emergent Reasons, Erdogan Talk, and Majamalu Marcelo. This is actually episode 95, which means we've just delivered our second full Flipstarter in total with loads of bonuses as well as, as usual. So I will be doing a third one probably. Josh, can you meet your mic, man? Yo, Josh, stop a fucking racket over there. Two years, two years, I've been dealing with that shit. You guys don't like my keyboard, huh? It's a little too machine gun, dude. My my panda tactile switches. I thought you were speaking your alien language, dude. It's that too. I have to communicate to the lizards, you know. Yeah, exactly. How else are we going to get instructions from the mothership? Sabotage, they're onto us. We already oh, called geez. out all the attacks. Like, we've got to cook up a new plan here because these ones Dear God. fucking busted those other ones. All right. <laughs> anyway, I will do a third flip starter and I'm going to up the ask a little bit because too many people have said to me, dude, you just need to let us give you more money. So we're going to do that and put out more stuff as a result. So that's kind of what we got going on check out the start guide faq links at www.bitcoincashpodcast.com if you're new to the show listen to episode 85 to get the context that's like two and a half hours that just explains everything and then from there you can just jump into whatever episodes and you'll kind of be able to see what's going on at least a little bit uh shout outs you already gave some there but final final chance before we wrap itachi Anyone special you want to shout out or where people can find you more besides ninjas.cash? He couldn't make it here today, but Matthew G. Yeah, PC man. Advocate, the fucking master, the the G. Uh, I don't know what clan he's from yet, but big love to Matthew. It's going to be Thunder, dude, obviously. Oh, uh, get the fuck. You see what I'm saying? You see what, these Thunder clan guys, they just think they... So I want to give love to Matthew for sure. Uh, the Bitcoin Cash Podcast, big love. Thanks for having us. And we also want to give love to uh, Mantra, the Reapers community. We want to show love to the Law Punks. Nestor, I know you're out there somewhere watching, you little shit. Um, and everybody who's a part of the Ninja community, big love. And anybody who fucks with Bitcoin Cash, big love as well. And uh, and to Mister ZQuest Z Thunder Clan. <laughs> what about you, Josh? You got any shoutouts? Uh, no, honestly, Matthew did amazing work. Uh, without his work on cash tokens and the spec, uh, what we did wasn't wouldn't have been possible. It was really great to work with him and like learn from him and uh, the the communities. You know, like all the people that have been stood behind us. Right, the, the Reapers have been through a long road. 
SBCH's difficulties and all that. They stuck with us, the Cash Ninja groups. Um, but yeah, just um, what I would say is follow the Cash Tokens ecosystem and really take a look at all the builders that are coming together right now. Because I've seen so much collaboration and everybody's really trying to take it to the next level. And I've seen less drama than I've ever seen. And so just a huge celebration to the users and the builders. Let's keep building. Hopefully the users keep using it and that we see more peer-to-peer cash adoption for the world. Right. Kush C at Zapit. Pat. Oh, Pat. Maybe that Pat, Pat deserves Zapit. a shout out for Mainnet JS, Tap, Swap, all the stuff he's done. Absolutely. There's so many people that have been... Joe Mar at Paytaka. Yep. Joe Mar. Like, honestly, the whole community has really come together to try to make these things happen. And it's been really amazing. And Jet for putting up with all of our shit today. You got a shout out, Jet? What could I add to that? That like wasn't I have. Okay, so I haven't left my house. The only person I've seen since the last episode is my girlfriend. So like the shout outs that these guys gave here covers everyone like this. (laughs) That's it. That's big love, man. That's big love. All right. And if you want to hear from, from uh, Matthew, you can check out episode 77 for a full two hours and seven minutes with him. And also episode 50, if you want to hear more from Josh, where we did a whole episode on a load of other different, completely different topics. So anybody who's interested can check that out. All right. Brilliant. That'll do it for the show. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks so much for having us, Jeremy. Thanks, Jet. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you. Because you, you're going to have to learn that on your own. You're going to have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's, not, there's, there's no book you can read that all of a sudden I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own.